What yeah. would you say to a Muslim feminist? Look, look into the camera and say. I don't, I don't care what they say. Who cares what they say? Mashallah. You know, who cares what they say? <laughs> Jordan Peterson, he has a jumbled epistemology. Yeah, and I've said this to him. It's not, you know. It's not backbiting. <laughs> so, okay, feminism. It's like Yahudiya. It's like Judaism. I'm more of a Jew than I am a feminist. I think you are as well. <laughs> Name something a man might do at the gym to impress a woman. Do you know what you would do to impress a woman? What? Not show up. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh everyone I'm really excited about today's podcast But a quick message before we start If you're anything like me You'll probably leave giving sadaqah every day in Ramadan Right to the last minute, right? And then all of a sudden you can't find a link on your phone to donate or whatever Sound familiar? Well, we just put our Ramadan appeal fundraising thingy Right up on the top of our screen on Islam Trinity On every page So you can quickly tap and give sadaqah But as it's a new feature You can just do me a favor right now And check it's working properly Just all you need to do is make a donation of £100 And send it up a monthly donation uh, Let me know in the comments below When the money leaves your account No refunds are yet But seriously We've all got a massive chance To multiply the reward For each donation that we make To Islam Trinity Up to 700 times more. So please be generous And remember this is a unique reward Every donation is not only An ongoing sadaqah jari for you But inshallah it spreads into so many different projects that you'll get a share in inshallah the demos for the press national campaigns film productions articles national khutbah days shows like this and so much more I'm fed up of hearing that more and more Muslims are losing their confidence to live by Islam because they think it's not relevant anymore this is why Islam 21c which stands for Islam in the 21st century was set up to counter this soul destroying issue which can ultimately lead Muslims to the hellfire it's that serious look I'm going to make a donation right now to start us off the links in the description below and on Islam 21 Join me and enjoy the show. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to today's unscripted podcast. We have with us Muhammad Hijab. Assalamu alaikum. Muhammad Hijab is, of course, a YouTuber and co founder of Sapiens Institute. How's it going, brother? Alhamdulillah. How are you doing? Mashallah, good to see you with your shirt on. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, like, like we've been doing uh, for a lot of the guests in this uh, series, all of the guests, I think, we start off with a few rapid fire questions, something our old co host. Uh, kind of invented. So, rapid fire question. The idea is, I'm going to ask you just a few quick questions, get you know, help people get to know you and stuff. Uh, but you have to answer quickly the first thing on your mind. All right, are you ready? That was the first question. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite food? Mm, curry. Curry, very nice. Biryani or naan? No, I don't like. Um, biryani is not my favorite curry. Biryani or naan, this is a separate What's question. What's naan? Is that the bread? Yeah, naan bread. No, I don't like naan. Biryani? Uh, biryani is alright. Out of the two, which would you choose? Biryani. Cake or gulab jamun? What's that? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Tea or coffee? Coffee. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max? Yeah. I need a, I need a, I need a yeah, sound Pepsi effect Max. for that. That is the best. That is the king of the drinks, mashallah. Even though it probably has some chemicals that will put holes in our no, brains. If I had to choose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Uh, since all these are food related, <laughs> I did some, <laughs> added some others. Football or cricket? Football. 
Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? I can't remember Street Fighter. What? I can't remember. Um, Mortal Kombat. I don't know what to say. <laughs> How old are you if you don't mind you asking? 30. 30? So you, can, you remember Street Fighter is 30. Who, who are the characters? I can't remember. Hadouken! Yeah, I can't remember. Ryu. And Ken. Ken. Sagat. Oh, yeah. Um, Delcy. I can't remember that too all right. much. No. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, so that's just to get the blood flowing. Inshallah, we've got a few other gimmicks uh, coming in the middle of the podcast yeah. when you least expect it. But um, one of the things I wanted, just a conversation, one of the things I wanted to uh, kick off with, you know, I just spoke to some brothers, say, you know, what would be good to, uh, you know, speak to about uh, brothers involved in Dawa and the online space. It's very important. You know, this is the new kind of, you know, like the like the printing pl- press. I say how the printing press revolutionized communications and even Islamic discourse. Likewise, like it or not, internet, digital age, social media is affected uh, lots of things. So what would you say, uh, just to kind of open in the question here, how, how's, maybe feel free to say, I don't, don't know, whatever. How has the internet changed Islamic discourse, do you think? You may, be, you may not forget, you may not remember pre-internet Islamic discourse, but... How do you, th- I mean, in your experience, how has internet itself, the internet, how do you think it's changed Islamic discourse and how Islam is spoken about? It's a very difficult question because we kind of have to look at where, do you know when the internet started? I think, I mean, it popularly like 90s, but obviously before that it was kind of a... Yeah, uh, so in the 90s, but do you know when in the 90s? Well, I got my first computer in like 1997. Right. So and they and I wasn't like cutting edge guy. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember <coughs> the internet used to be like very slow and stuff yeah. when I was very young. But I'm Dial just up. wondering when yet. So I mean, I I think after 2000, mm. like that that's when the internet became something a different animal altogether. Because then you started getting like broadband internet, and then mm. you had the introduction of YouTube. I'm not yeah. sure when that was. Yeah. 2005, I think. Yeah. So I think. In the last 20 years, there has been mm. a difference. The internet itself, Google has some very interesting tools that you can actually help quantify the answer to that question. So they have Google Trends. They have yeah. something called Ngram. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Yeah, it charts. The, the You can look for words, right? So I, Ngram, I, Google books I don't know exactly that. how they do this. They look at <coughs> books and whatever it is, I think Google books, is yeah. things that have been scanned into their system. Mm-hmm. And then you put keywords and see how much that word has been used yeah, in whatever yeah, space yeah. of time. So I, I think there's a way to quantify the answer to that question um, using these tools like Google Trends, Google mm-hmm. Ngram, uh, YouTube itself, seeing the extent to which Islam has been spoken of on YouTube, um, and this is actually a field now in um, in academia called mm. data science. Mm. And I've actually spoken to many data scientists myself from you know the, the University of Edinburgh and other universities, um, and they they actually track the the extent to which and there is a way to do this, the extent to which um, particular discourses have had shifts um, in things like Twitter. Uh, in particular mm. uh, it's more difficult <coughs> to do it <coughs> it's more difficult to do it on YouTube by virtue of the fact that um, the methods are more difficult from a data science perspective mm. but um, there are some, some things which from my surface level conversations with data scientists mm. that I've been able to kind of extrapolate 
One of them is people usually go on the internet to find um, people who agree with them. Yeah. So particularly if you look at some of the major um, conflicts that have taken place, like Israel-Palestine conflict, for example, right? You'll find that actually the internet can be a force for polarization. Now, it can be a, a force for convincing people, and but usually those people are undecided. But if you've come in with a pre-conceived understanding of certain issues... Idea of echo chambers. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it you know, intensifies that mm. in that sense. So that's what I think, that's the... If you want a generalized conclusion, mm. there is that. And but obviously, the Muslims are a lot uh, in number, and so when we produce our own, if you like, echo chambers or communities or spaces, I think it does actually create a loud noise, yeah. which has the net effect of actually giving us um, an ability to speak in ways that we would never have been able to do on mainstream media. And I mean, there's, the there's the always been, there's always been, you know, in historically, there's been different kind of ways, paths that you go down, schools of thought, whatever. You ha- you you hang around with people, you know, that are um, kind of similar to yourself. But I think one thing the internet has done, especially spaces that are algorithmically controlled to give you, to, to s- just set up to just make you glued to that platform uh, more and more. Uh, if you think about just the last thing you Googled, you know, now if you want to know something, you just Google it, right? Um, or search for in Google or YouTube, or whatever. Um, Max Stossel is a, is a researcher. He done a really interesting uh, little experiment with his friends. Yeah, he asked two people the same question, and I thought when he was saying this, describing this uh, experiment, I was thinking how this could be applied to Muslims as well to do, just highlight this thing. Uh, he what asked was two the name of the person? Max Stossel. Yeah, he asked two questions, and to one question to two people. What are the something about how many crimes do immigrants commit in Europe? Yeah. So a kind of loaded uh, kind of question. One person, one of his friends, he got answers really out, kind of overblowing the statistical significance of, you know, highlighting, you know, uh, immigrants are a threat, etc. Daily Mail kind of Fox News kind of stuff. Another friend, a bit more kind of balanced, statistically significant kind of treatment. Actually, it's a very small minority that commit crimes. So this is two, same input, Going into Google, which knows, it's not, it's not, uncritic, unbiasedly, kind of pres- impartially bre- presenting you uh, a, re- a reflection of the truth. It's presenting you that thing which is which you're more likely to click on and more likely to stay uh, and be a return visitor to that platform because it's selling ads at the end of the day. Yeah, and and I was just thinking these two people, they're creating a different universe for themselves. They're projecting a different world from the inside about this matter, right, radically different answers. And imagine what it's doing to Islamic um, topics. When people search for Islamic stuff, I might search for something and I find you know, things from my own people, that from scholars or, or websites that I've looked at before. You know, uh, whatever language, uh, English, Ar- Urdu, Arabic, whatever, it seems to know that these things, well, kind of dangle some bait in front of me maybe for the first few times and, you know, oh, I'm clicking this type of person. So it kind of, Google knows more about you then. <laughs> You know about yourself, but that's having an impact, right? How that's having an impact on how we perceive Islam and how we talk about Islam, yeah. And especially as a creator of content, even my, my even Islam students, we're always thinking about this that there's always there's always that threat that they're gonna these algorithms 
they're going to change our voice. Because I know I could put an article or a video out with this title on this kind of subject, with this thumbnail, and it will get this many views, and another one will get this many views. So I'm incentivized now to. Do you know what I mean? Do you feel well, that sometimes? I think so? that's a bigger threat. Uh, the bigger threat being that we get a removal of our voices altogether. And don't forget that, you know, I mean, recently with this whole Russia-Ukraine situation, yeah. I was trying to see the Russian voices online. I was trying you to won't find them. Exactly. So, <laughs> for example, RT, Russian Today, mm. Russia Today, their whole YouTube channel has been taken down. I think that... Uh, is it in the UK? UK is okay, I it's, think. No, it's, I, it? I tried looking at it this really? morning. It wasn't there. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So I'm thinking, and I don't know who this guy is, Ibrahimovic, I forget his name, but his assets... Abramovich, yeah. Yeah, his, his um, assets have been frozen. I mean, this is... Now, we have to think, if we're strategically planning for the future, mm. the question is not what kind of content are we being shown discriminatively over mm. other types of content. That's not the bigger threat here. The bigger threat is... If our content will remain online anyway, what kind of world events are going to be there such that they, the powers that be, may decide in a flash to take everything away? Mm -hmm. And I think the DAO organizations like ours, um, Sapiens 21C, Islam 21C, <coughs> whatever it may be, they'd be foolish and underprepared if we do not have a decentralized, independent platform away from the dependence yeah. of, on the Western powers that be. I mean, that's the idea that what we're trying to push as well on, because our social media, we know that if we post something on Palestine, for example, they'll, the, the reach will get severely um, reduced, right? We've seen this again yeah. and again. Yeah, uh, but I think no this is, what I'm describing mm. here is not, is, is more severe than what you're saying, mm. which I'm saying that it can... You're at their mercy, basically. As they could turn. They could turn stands, off. I mean, if we're talking about YouTube and Instagram mm. and Facebook and Twitter and Netflix, all of those things, quite frankly, they own them. Yeah. They are letting us do what we want on them for now, as a as a measure a measure of it's a calculus, it's a risk benefit calculus. Yeah, they have taken a risk benefit decision to keep us on their platforms. Because it's better for them to know about how Muslims are thinking through the engagements of our platforms and the likes and dislikes and all that kind of thing mm. than it is not to. So they're collecting intelligence through our followers. That's, that is basically... Who's they? The intelligence the, the services. Job. No, the intelligence <laughs> services, the governments, the advertisers, mm. and all the powers that may be. So in a sense, this is the trade-off that's being made. We're giving them intelligence mm. and they are giving us a voice. But the moment where that, that trade-off is no longer fav in their favor and favorable to them yeah. is the moment they can, like just like Russia today. I mean, Russia is a huge country. It's a government, for God's sake. I mean, one of the yeah. strongest in the world. You know, the top three strongest governments in the world. And for their biggest mouthpiece, which mm. in this case is Russia today, was taken, taken away in a flash of a second. I mean, as I say, if we don't decentralize and That's kind of what the, the Internet 3 is all meant to be about, right? So Internet 2 is dominated, basically owned by a few companies, uh, you know, Google, Facebook, which is Meta now, and Amazon. Netflix, and all that, it's Amazon, AWS, Amazon Web Services, Netflix. So these few companies now have dominated the Internet, are, are shaping what people are learning, what people are kind of uh, finding. 
But that's I think that's what Internet Three is going to be about of about decentralization. What do they call it Internet Three? Yeah, so like the third stage, major stage in Internet. I think Internet One was like, I don't know, um, ISPs were owning your access. Now it's you know these these few different companies. Internet Three is meant to be about decentralized thing with with peer to peer networks, people connecting to each other, circumventing internet service providers and circumventing the big kind of companies that are, uh, you know. Uh, and yeah, depend like anything is probably going to get co-opted by, you know, uh, powerful forces and stuff. But it's, it's very important. We have to be ahead of the curve, you know, uh, on that. But in terms of like the status quo, how how you find things now, right? What do you think are when it comes to social media? What do you think are some of the, you know, the 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 diseases of people who are active on social media that you know you found that you try to avoid and uh, kind of warn against? Can you be more specific with the question? What are they? Just open-ended for a reason. What do you I mean? See what what you regard as you know a negative the things, negative media. things on the internet. Negative things <coughs> of, about uh, or diseases that people active on social media need to be wary of. Well, I mean, active as as content producers or consumers. Either producers. Let's say producers. Right. So uh, I think with it is that you have to appreciate that it can be a very toxic environment. I mean, recently there was a woman who's, I think, Miss World or something like that. And she killed herself. Uh, I saw an article on the matter. And she killed herself because of cyberbullying and, and all this kind of thing. Mm. But the, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, people come into the internet, start producing content, get somewhat of a dopamine rush from it. And then afterwards, when they start getting dispraised and attacked, they can't really handle it after that. And so that causes mental mm. deterioration. Um, and as a result of that, they can actually, they can suffer mentally f f from it. So I think coming into the online space, especially if you're doing dawah, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of it is the people that come into dawah have the same experiences. Which is what? Even students of knowledge. They, they'll come in, and the moment that things not don't go their way, people start attacking them, they start getting dispraised, they'll start suffering mentally from it. Then they can get physical deterioration. They can get mental and physical deterioration from it. So have you experienced that yourself? To be honest, no. I, not to that level. I have experienced... No, I, mean, I mean, not the, the extreme thing, but the... Uh, no, I'll tell you what I have experienced from my own personal um, life on the internet. I, you know, I will not be speaking the truth to you if I say I don't care what people say. If I don't care what people say, I think that's actually a marker of psychopathy. <laughs> no, honestly. It's statistically, 4% of people probably... No, yeah, if, I, if yeah. I'm a psychopath, yeah. I don't care what people say or think or whatever. And <clears throat> if you've seen an interview with a psychopath or a sociopath, and there are some slight variations in definition on those two things, right? If you've seen how these kind of people mm -hmm. interact, their level of stoic interaction... you. I believe them when they say I don't care what this person says. <laughs> uh, no, honestly. But if I were to sit to you and say, Look, I don't care, I don't care what you think. <laughs> yeah. And the Quran states about the Prophet Muhammad You know? And you fear what the people will say. And Allah is more befitting that, you know, and this came uh, that he's, that you fear him because of what? Uh, that, that you fear him. Full stop, right? Mm. Uh, this came when there were certain accusations that were taking place. Uh, baseless accusations in his community about him marrying a particular woman at a particular time, whatever. Um, but, but, but the point is, it's not, 
I don't think it's correct to think that if you come into the online space, you're not going to care what people think. If you have that vision of yourself, then you have not done a proper self-assessment. You need to, if you're coming into da'wah, then you need to have a proper self-assessment. You do care what people say. You will care what people say. And you will care who those who are closest to you in religion, methodology, maybe social class, say as well. Uh, for me personally, that has been my experience. So people who are Muslims, mm-hmm. I have, have a more acute awareness of what they're saying than people who, for example, are from other communities. If they're from anti-Muslim communities, it's almost the opposite. If they say good things about me, <laughs> no, I'm being serious. If they say good there's things about wrong. me, then I do feel like there's something wrong here. I've done something wrong. Mm. So I actually find that... Has that ever happened though? Would that ever... Would an anti-Muslim person? Uh, it happens. You? Happens exceptionally, right? It, uh, you know, it happens here from time to time. But the point is, is that I do care what Muslims say. Mm. Um, and if you're coming into, for example, into the space of Dawa, right, where we are, then you will care. So clearly, you need to be grounded elsewhere. You need to. You need to kind of know why you did it in the first place. And you need to understand that this has happened with all the prophets and the Sahaba. That you'll come into Dawah, you'll experience a lot of pain through this, you know. But some people experience a more acute deterioration because that is all that they have based their lives on now. Mm. And so it's important before you get into, and if this is more of an advisory session, if you like, then I will say it's important to diversify your life portfolio. Don't make social media and content production mm-hmm. and pleasing what people... Don't make that the be-all and end-all because when you, the moment you do that, then you're in trouble when things don't go your way. And you may do everything right. And I haven't done everything right, but you may do everything right. I mean, think about it. The Prophet ﷺ done everything right. Yet he was resisted. Yet he was attacked. Yet he was rejected. Um, the prophets before the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and this is why Sheikh Haytham actually he gave me a good, very good advice on this matter. We went to Norway one time, and he said that I don't ever help anybody unless they work in a group, because you know the lo- the, the, the 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 wolf preys on the lone sheep, the lone sheep, and so <coughs> it's the same thing. Um, and the Quran kind of gives us this kind of mm-hmm. meaning when it says Wa the third person that came to give da'wah, Surah Yasin, you know, and to help and so on. So, to be in a group, to diversify your life portfolio mm-hmm. and to know why you did it in the first place, that will reduce the level of pain that you may experience through dispraise or attack, especially from members in your own community. Mm-hmm. But it will not eliminate it. And so you do have to embrace the pain there. You know, I'm not really an expert at, by any means of the, uh, any stretch of the imagination of, you know, the online DAO space and stuff. And what, I mean, lots of accounts doing uh, excellent work, you know, DAO to Muslims, non-Muslims, all that kind of stuff. But one thing I have, uh, maybe a, a, a worrying trend that I've seen, and not just on online stuff, I've, is I've noticed kind of echoes of this in, in real life kind of engagements of people as well. And that is they almost make their criticism of some people paradigmatic in that because they're criticizing me i must be on the haq do you understand this this sentiment you know and it it feeds into a, a broader problem of almost a kind of messiah complex where people feel that oh i must speak about xyz otherwise you know 
Islam will be lost, or the haq will, you know, the haq will be lost, and it, and it leads to, and it's a good intention for people to obviously want to speak the truth and defend Islam and uh, defend the Muslims and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I don't know if it it leads to more problems than, you know, solutions. Have you come across this? Do you? F- I mean, even myself sometimes I have to stop myself saying something. And Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed me with the ability and the. Uh, just historically, the, the the qadr of Allah that I didn't say certain things when my when when people when 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 people asked or the time opportunity came, I stopped for whatever reason. And then later on, I thought, Alhamdulillah, I didn't say anything because naturally, you know, your uh, social media kind of breeds the the impulse to say something uh, of haste, out of haste, and it's kind of against deliberation. If you deliberate, if you wait a few days, wait for the dust to settle, you know, you won't get that many hits or whatever. Hmm. Well, I think there's two things to, to say about that. I mean, it's hmm. not there's no one size fits all here. It really does depend on the hmm. context. Of course, so if you are a messiah, then <laughs> no, 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 that no. doesn't apply to you if no. anyone's watching. <laughs> no, I, what I mean is, what I mean is, that some things uh, have to be said at the time. Hmm. I mean, the Prophet sallallahu oh, yeah, yeah. he said, mm-hmm. You know. The fa- famous hadith, whoever doesn't see evil, whoever sees evil from you, then he has to change it with his hand, and if he can't, then with his tongue, and then if he can't, then with his heart, and that's the weakest of Iman. But the point is uh, that there mm. is a fine... Do you know, in virtue ethics, um, the Aristotelian type virtue ethics, virtue is defined as the, like, if you like, the Goldilocks zone between two vices, mm. of, b- between vice and virtue. So you have bravery, and then you have like, Haste. Um, when is it bravery and when is it haste? For example, if I'm if walking so the street, bravery like, was like between cowardice and um, cowardice at, uh, and, and um, recklessness. Yeah, right. So haste would be uh, deliberation is between. No, but, but here's, here's the point, yeah. right? Acting immediately or spontaneously mm. is not always a bad thing. If I if I'm walking in the street right now and I see a woman getting sexually molested. Let's say a Muslim woman, right? And then it should, and by I say, it shouldn't matter. No, 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 no. <laughs> if it's a Muslim woman, right? I said, but I said, let's say a Muslim woman, right? It could be a Muslim woman. Yeah. It could be something else. Yeah. But let's just say a Muslim woman, because we're in East London here. There's lots of Muslim women. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. say a man, whatever you like. You know, <laughs> uh, no problem. <laughs> uh, we're walking in the street, and and we see a person being yeah, yeah. sexually molested or something like that. I, you know. It, what is the right thing to do? Is it to deliberate, to call the police, to maybe, for some people it might be the right thing to do. For other people it's to get involved straight away and to deal with the matter. Like if you're walking with, it your, with your hand. If you're with your wife and you're walking in the street and someone says something to her or slaps her in the face and you say, well, let me take the deliberative approach. <laughs> no, honestly, it's, it's serious. That's why when um, Ibn Abbas, when he came to Umar ibn Khattab, mm. and this is mentioned in Tariq Dimashq, he said, uh, how do you become a leader? And then Umar al-Khattab, he said, لا يحمل هذا الأمر إلا اللين في غير ضعف والقوي في غير عنف والجواد في غير إسراف والممسك في غير بخل He said, you will not be, and this is virtue ethics. Mm. He said, you will not be able to handle this affair or one will not be able to handle this affair except for the lenient and other than weakness and the strong and other than aggression. And the generous and other than extravagance, and the conservative and other than uh, miserliness. The point is, 
sometimes there is a point where you have to immediately act. But that's based on a pre-deliberative kind of ethic that you have. No, no, no. The, you, this is the ethic. Let's say it's a response, not a reaction. What I'm saying is, sometimes the iron is hot for the striking. Hmm. And it will only be hot for the striking at a certain time and there's a window of opportunity. Some people, I'll be introspective here and say, like myself, mm. are probably more on the side of spontaneity. And let me say, some people, like others, you know, maybe more on the side of deliberation. The, what I have to wa- watch out for mm. uh, is things like uh, recklessness and hastiness. What other people with more of a placid or docile temperament must, must watch out for is cowardice. And I have to say something. I'm just being lazy and delaying. Uh, yeah, lazy, yeah. but cowardice in particular. Mm. The Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith in the, in the Musnad of Abi Dawood, yeah, he says that two characteristics that are the worst, asharru rajul or kamaqal the worst things that could be in a man. And he said that the two worst things that could be a man, uh, one of them is basically serious miserliness, Mm-hmm. Which is being bakhil basically, shahih or bakhil or whatever, and the other one is cowardice. So actually, mm-hmm. I will have to say here, the issue of deliberate being deliberate and so on, or deliberative. Uh, sometimes being impulsive is better than being a coward. So I, I'm not saying that you know it's one or the other. There is a virtue in between. Yeah. However. Like someone like myself needs to hang around with people who are more deliberative and more calm and more cost benefit ratio and more shura based and all mm. that stuff. But people who are more cowardly and they know that about themselves, they need to hang around with you. They need to hang around <laughs> with people who are more um, uh, basically not like them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, as you know, do you like see the point? What I'm saying. Here? Yeah. So but, just to answer your question in, yeah. in a nutshell. The point of the point of when to make a change, when to say something, when to do something, there is not one size fits all policy. Sometimes, if if well, how, what what thought process do you go to to make a determination? Because it's 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 in zadul hukum al waqia in that sense, right? You're you're putting that theory into a very speci- into a real life scenario. That okay, now in this situation, I'm going to do this. In this situation, I'm going to do that. What goes through your mind? What do you do? You feel sometimes that okay, I need to speak to X, Y, Z person before I. I what goes like through my mind it depends on a, well, it depends of. on the context. Yeah. If I am in a situation with my family, is no, no, I'm not talking about like real no, life. But, no, but this is important. You know, th- right? So, yeah. for example, I'm giving you the answer, right? Yeah. If I am with my family and there's a five percent chance that their family or their, sorry, that their life could be in danger, that their health could be in danger, and someone is posing a threat, then I will always go more than what should be done. Of course. Like I'll do, I'll go overboard. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh, well, that's me personally. So if I feel like there's a threat, I'll go overboard. I think anyone would, even no, no, like no, the no, most no, deliberate. No no, 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 that's not true. That's <laughs> really? no, 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 it's not true. Uh, no, no, let me let's yeah. let's correct this notion. Yeah. This is false. There are some men out there. Okay, there's some people out there that have no experience activating their sympathetic nervous system. And so when there, uh, so when the, the calamity, when the, cal- yeah. Yeah. the there's an autonomic nervous yeah. system is divided into sympathetic and parasympathetic. Yeah. The sympathetic nervous system is mm. when it's activated, it's activated at times of crisis and calamity. And so when someone is 
when that, like you said, fight or flight. Adrenaline is pumped, the pupils dilate, the digestive tract is completely switched off. Yeah. By the way, this is what happens. So if you're in that situation and you, for the first time in your life, your sympathetic nervous system is active, but now your wife's life is in danger or your child's life is in danger, mm. you could end up being or doing something that you will never ever respect yourself after that for. You can end up flight, flight, running away, leaving your wife to be <laughs> to be beaten. I've yeah. seen videos recently online, and there was a man with a, his daughter, and a killer dog came running after them, and he jumped on top of the car and left his daughter. Oh, wait, honestly, oh. well, I I find that kind of thing very bad. But I mean, you know, as a as a you you're a student of philosophy, right? You 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 know that. No, you but know. do you see do you see uh, the you point? Know, you know, I'm not going to let you get away with giving a real life like danger example to highlight a point about. No, no, but social the, media the, the dangers example. are everywhere. No, no, even social media are dangers. Is there going to be a, a comparable danger like, you know, yeah, something even happens worse, even and, worse I'm sometimes. Not, and doing a YouTube video or a yeah. social media post? Or yeah. Is that yeah, it is, because kind of especially of people of religious authority yeah. and, uh, or, or voice even, if you look at the reason why people have had enough of certain scholars in the world, it's because they cannot speak in, in uh, issues of crisis. The Quran says, وَإِذَا جَاءَهُمْ أَمْرٌ مِنَ الْأَمْنِ وَالْخَوْفِ أَذَاعُوا بِهِ this is a situation of peace or, peace or, or, or fear. Or fear, yeah. fear. Then if they had taken it back to the Prophet and the people who can do istimbat from them, which are the ulama, basically, we're not saying we're, of course, we're not saying we're, we're, we're them, but I'm giving you the reason that people have had enough of certain scholars. Because Isn't in terms that problem with the people then? Certain scholars in the world today uh, have do not comment on times of crisis for whatever reason. Now, they may have legitimate excuses, and by the way, I give them mm-hmm. the benefit of the doubt for whatever political reason. However, this makes people, and this is according to the Arab barometer, in fact, they've done a, reason, they've done a poll on the Arab population, What's the reasons why the people are becoming less religious? Number one, in Adam of Thiqa Fisad al Number one reason. Adam? Yeah, in Adam of Thiqa. Like, you know, they have less now. Thiqa. They have less confidence in the religious authorities. Make them less religious overall. So the lack of speaking sometimes, immediately, with conviction. But does that apply to us? Yeah, it does. Of course it does. In this, in this land, it does. Not, not, not the scholarly jihadi type things. But issues to do with crisis. If if religious people are not there, then we're we're basically handing the mantle over to the fasaqa to take over the mantle. That's all it is. If we don't speak, the fasaqa, the evil doers will speak. I'm not religious people as a yeah. as a ontological group. Yeah. I'm talking about us, me and you. That feeling that do I need to say something right now? Sometimes you do. Of course you do. Like for uh, example, how do you make the determination? If, well, look you might the, be right. I'm not saying I mean, just like uh, like the Uyghur situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went to the protest. You guys, uh, mashallah, done great job in 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 organizing it. But you clearly made the determination that it's time to speak, and you are one of the only groups I know that really made an effort no, to do. Was like you know, mashallah, fifty odd uh, organizations. No, no, of course, but one of fifty yeah. is nothing compared to the amount of millions of organizations that exist in the West. So one of the only fifty is nothing. Yeah. So if you had so this is one way. If you had say, decided not to, yeah. so what would that have looked yeah. like? I mean, it's it's bad, but 
So that's one way we could say in terms of anyone thinking to put some qawaid or principles and you know, mac, you know. The thing is, this thing does not have one, if, if, it, if it's if it's with a collection, if it's with a jamaa. Yes, yes, that's what that's, we started you know, off with. You know, yeah, if it was that's, a, that's important. That's important. Yeah, it's, if you have a shura, if you have mm-hmm. people that you're consulting with, lone wolves, as we said in the very beginning, we shouldn't mm-hmm. have that anyway. You have a jamaa, you have people, they make decisions, then you get it right sometimes. Yeah. And they'll get it right If they don't get it right Then khalas you know. There's mercy There's mercy in, Yeah Yeah. there's a different opinion Whether it's yeah. uh, mercy in ikhtilaf or not Whatever yeah. But, but just in jama'ah Jama'ah to rahmah yeah. Oh yeah the jama'ah yeah. Yeah, yeah The jama'ah yeah. yeah I thought you said the ikhtilaf No yeah. no yeah Just just being together Being in you know uh, Knocking heads I'm with you But together. yeah together you know th- This point one. is important Because we don't want What we don't want There's two extremes There's one extreme Which I'm probably Virtual ethics Yeah no no there is and I'm more on the side of it myself. I, I'm aware of that. I'm self-aware of that you know, scenario. You're not a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> is, is that you act. You act just like that. You know, and that can, can get you in trouble. Can get you in trouble, it can. And the other extreme is you don't act. That's an extreme. And that's a worse, I'm saying that's worse. <clears throat> Isn't there more, some devil's advocate here yeah and the reason why Someone i'm saying this say, worse is because it, it it errs on the side of cowardice which the prophet sallallahu said is one of the it, worst things that man can have when it comes to a more direct yeah nas man kana yu'min billahi wal yawm al akhir falyaqul khayra falyasmut yasmut yeah so whoever believes in the last uh, day let him speak good yeah. or be silent yeah. so erring on the side of caution you but could say when it comes the to Noah, speech, when he when he done a sharh of that he said oh I wasn't prepared that one. <laughs> no, no, because uh, what I is that was be a Hadouken point. If you think what you're saying is better than say, like if you think what you what you would say is better than silence, then you say it. Of course, that's what the us is saying. No, but what I'm saying, uh, of course, we're not going to tell people to say bad things, yeah. you know. But then, wa in Canada qurba. You know, if you're going to speak, then you're going to speak justly, even if it's mm-hmm. someone that's close to you. Mm-hmm. The point is. There is a middle ground. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, it requires people from all different kind of the, the the youthly dynamism and the elderly wisdom, and that needs to be coupled together. You know, I remember I was thinking once, you know, because I I I always love it when I see brothers and sisters. I don't see sisters that much, but brothers involved in da'wah and using the the new technologies that are available. You know, mm. I know some brothers are. Uh, like Yusha Evans, for example, is doing stuff on on gamers mm-hmm. with gaming, and you know Good. through that, it's done. That needs to be dynamic, you know. People doing speakers corner or all kinds yeah. of stuff on YouTube. Uh, um, but one of the things I saw the differences between those brothers in my very short lifespan. I'm only six years older than you, so we're pretty much the same age. In my short lifespan, I've seen people. What's the difference between those people who went down a path of being the lone wolf, having a messiah complex? Causing so much, uh, you know, splitting the ranks of the Muslims and confusion, and those who maybe started off like them, but they they became respectable, you know, uh, members of the community and the jama'ah and you know became effective individuals. People like Hamza Chorchis, people like Adnan Rashid, you know, they became people who are, mashallah. Obviously, when they they started out, they were young, but they became people who are, mashallah, respected, and they've always been worthy of respect to their degree and so forth. But what I, mean, I always wonder, what's the difference? What one number one is this qadr of Allah and tawfiq, right? Maybe a secret inside them. But one, one thing I saw that they were very quick to be with the jama'ah. You know, they were very quick to yield their personal opinion to people with more experience. 
They were even even though I'm the same age or younger probably. Yeah. Anything, any you know, minor piece of advice, criticism, whatever, they'd be very kind that's, of. That's that's a, that's an important point. The shura, yeah. shura You know, as the Quran states, of course, that there, 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 there's yeah. a fair shura between mm. them. Yeah. You know, and mm. so th- there has to be a level of shura giving and taking, mm. and this is something that almost all the organizations have. Like in Sapiens, we have a very robust shura council. Mashallah. Very democratic, yeah. Yeah, even even recently when I did the um, the Ian McGann discussion, you know, when I did that oh, discussion, what was that word again? Ian McGann, you met you. Yeah. I w- that was a that was a, a masterclass of synonyms for <laughs> this person is basically a peep. <laughs> what was it? The obsequious. Obsequious. <laughs> yeah, I had like ten minutes, so that was really like a funny, yeah. But uh, do you know, some my things list of for example, finish. right? It went well. It went very well, in my opinion, right? Uh, but the only backlash that I got from some, I would say, minor elements, I would say even below 3% in this case, yeah, of the Muslim population or community itself, was that you went too far into her personal life. Most people said, actually, no, she deserves it, and people need to be warned against it. Uh, however, this was a trade-off, and this was a, there was a five-man, five-man, if you like, five-man Shura Council. Yeah, Not That's what sure. you need. We have, it, before I spoke to Ayan... Mm. Well, about her in that opposite opposing views segment with Makayla Pizza, we went through what I was going to do. We went through how I was going to answer. We even went through whether or not we were going to go personal with her. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a majority vote, basically, if you like, that we are we were going to do that, and we knew that we were going to get backlash for it. So, for example, yeah, people people don't realize that even in aspects where people think I'm acting alone, I'm not acting alone. Absolutely, yeah, it's good. Dave, David Wood debate. I had a Shura council for that as well. The, the baraka is unless the you don't unless you surround it with yes men. Yeah, no, there's no yes men that we're surrounded <laughs> with, no, no. because yeah. people that I'm the sure that I'm part. You need of, someone who can give you a few, Hadouken! a few of them. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. You understand Hadouken, yeah. Yeah, so. no, no. We, the, the people that yeah. we're surrounded with are not yes men by any means. By any and that's what they, you know. That there's a good balance here between not caring what people think or not listening to what yeah. general comment or troll. You don't know if someone's a troll or someone's a. You know, got a PhD in that subject he's advising yeah. you about. So, in is is to have a, a healthy cynicism when it comes to comments, but still have that core group whose whose opinion you really care about. Um, and just before we move on to the next kind of segment, we've got the voice of the people segment here. Uh, let's have a look. Regarding I twenty one C, what kind of things and areas you think they should cover and what would you like to see them do in the future? Uh, what comes to mind is one thing, I mean there's lots, I mean I'm an you know, avid reader of the website and I know that it's uh, holistic in its nature and it covers every kind of topic, right, and, it, and, and the subjects uh, you know, are weaved, interwoven in, in, in a very organic way, but what comes to mind is um, helping the young generation uh, to dream big. Yeah, helping them to dream big and aspire and achieve great things, right? To leave a legacy, right? So anything that encourages that, yeah, is a we are ummah that leads. Mashallah, Sheikh Farid Haibatan, one of the you know mashaykh in the UK. Um, we need to teach or get our young brothers and sisters to drink, dream big, think big. Uh, we are ummah that leads, not follows. We want to give. What do you reckon about that? How can we make our dawah? Generally, as a community, more 
empowering for younger people and the Muslims? I mean, this is a very general question once again. This, I, I think. Try and put the mic close to your. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are the objectives? To try and bring people outside of the fold of Islam into Islam, or people within the fold of Islam but who are not practicing into. Uh, Even people who are practicing, imagine they are so-called practicing. Yeah. Okay. Do they think big? What does it mean to think big? What do you think? I don't know. No, because we need to define. To me, things. thinking big is you're not distracted by more petty squabbles. Yeah, the differences between, you know, this group and that group, uh, school of thought. Okay, but you're just you're just you're describing thinking big in the negative. Example. Yeah, we're looking at bigger issues like global issues. Yeah, okay. like rebuilding an Islamic civilization, like. Making Muslims feel that they're they here to lead humanity, yeah, mm -hmm. not feeling maybe victimized or kind of beleaguered and battered and thinking just of you know your own issues as personally your mosque politics or issues that you have with, with with your brothers. Thinking, look, what are the big global things that are you know affecting the Muslims? Not to give. Not for anyone to just start giving geopolitical analyses because that's an issue. No, <laughs> I, journey, but I, I just feeling, you know, that this is a big. Uh, well, are you, big are you talking here about Islam Twenty One C in particular? No, generally. But I think that the Dawah is a huge thing. Mm. You know, when when you look at the Quran, right, and you look at, for example, Surah Hud, which is a very interesting and comprehensive surah about like different prophets that came to their different peoples. And they were, and they were warning of different kinds of things. And it, it was the the key of everything was That was the key. That who, what Lord do you have except for for Him? So a, a Dawah organization has to have that as the crux. Has to have Tawheed as the crux. Has to imbue a deep sense of purpose and meaning. Like okay, we're here to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. After that has been Nurtured into the public To the Muslim public Now we have to assess uh, Do a, an assessment of What are the a SWOT You know Analysis as they call it right Strengths, weakness, opportunities mm. and threats What are the things Which affect the Muslim people the most What are the things that can be The uh, biggest obstacles To the Tawheed state mm. To the Ibadah To the purpose of life and we find that, you know, to put it crudely or simplistically, it's either going to be a shubuhat or shahawat. You know, either it's doubts about the religion or desires of the world or, or these things that the dunya has to offer. So any successful Dawah organization has to empower young people and Muslim people generally to think beyond short-term horizon thinking. In the case of a shubuhat, a shahwat, and or desires, and think deeply and critically, and and, and understand the religion, talim, tafqih, and so on, and, and or t teaching and really understanding the religion of Islam, in the case of uh, shubuhat, and so there has to be these two components. Mm. I think that's your you're wearing your sapiens hat now, mashallah. 
Yeah, if you, so I mean, cause this is dawah, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're talking about, in a sense, you know, humanitarian things, things that happen across the world, mm. this is Muslims aiding another Muslim. Is it strictly dawah? No, it's not strictly dawah. It's now we're, we're talking about something else, which is equally important, sometimes can be more important, you know? I like how you're bringing things to dawah. That's good to have a focus in, you know, your life and your and your work and your organization. So it's really important to have, for have different people to have different focuses. Um, you know, uh, da'wah, mm. you know, in its in the simplest and the most urgent sense is what trying to, you know, for example, bringing people from outside of the fold of Islam, from non-Islam to Islam. Yes. And you don't need much for that. Mm. You know, you, you, the message is powerful itself. You need, you know, um, maybe some emotional intelligence to communicate with people and uh, so forth. You know, but the message itself is clear and, and it doesn't require that much knowledge. The, the one of the problems though is with. I'm not saying you do this, but I've seen a lot of people. Maybe you do this. I don't know. <laughs> that is, people who cut their teeth in da'wah especially non-Muslims, you know, it's very, very important, extremely crucial. They have one type of address, one type of khitab, the khitab of da'wah, of, for example, non-Muslims or debates or, you know, talking about very fundamental issues from kufr to Islam. Yeah, or maybe back again as well. (laughs) (laughs) But that type of khitab or person who has that type of speciality it's best that they remain in that type of speciality because it makes your, unfortunately, and I mean this is the human being. Yeah? If somebody, if I'm focusing on that, yeah, my mind is going to be like if you're a hammer, everything you see is nails. If I'm focusing on the core kufr to Islam kind of uh, polarity, I'm naturally going to have a maybe in a good sense a black and white mentality for those things. But my, you know. The, the Ummah needs more things ju- than just that. Like you said, one is the humanitarian aid, so forth. One is the political dimension. One is Islamic scholarship. yeah, And fatwa. Futiya and ishtihad and all these types of things. Mm. Well, I, I, th- I, I once again, I, I agree and disagree. I mean, in the sense, I agree in the sense that I, I do believe in specialism. I do believe that, that we should have specialists. I mean, economists have figured this out in the law of comparative advantage. Um, specialism clearly, you know, begets efficiency, and so people being specialized in fields is definitely something good. Um, however, the idea that if one person does something and then they branch out to something else, especially if that something else is not necessarily a knowledge, if you like, it's not ilm. That, it, like, for example, the famous hadith of the Prophet sallam, where he stated. You know, we see that a lot in uh, the pandemic era. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So whoever whoever pretends to be or takes the mantle of being a doctor and he's not actually known for being a doctor and then he injures a cell, a cell for a soul, then he's responsible mm. for it. Yani, if someone who's who's uh, I don't know, like a mechanic, starts to speak about things which relate to do- you know medicine. And they have no khalfiya background in it. That's why I would say there's a clear, egregious moving away from one's lane. But if someone who does da'wah... That's a good way of saying it, staying in your lane. Yeah, staying in your lane. But if someone's doing da'wah and they decide to do humanitarian aid or charity, 
I don't see the two things as the same. Yeah, that's that yeah. completely makes sense. But someone's cut their teeth in that. Well, that's their specialism, hmm. you know. Um, they know all the philosophies and the batil and all that kind of stuff. But then going into ishtihadi matters among Muslims. Yes, you know, this whole thing of refutation culture, I feel, is coming back again. Yes, yeah. We had this graphic once that one of the brothers made, you know, of a PDF, an old embattled PDF, kind of kicking, uh, being kicked <laughs> out by. You know, the young, uh, uh, youthful YouTube and Facebook icons. Because that's yes. how it feels sometimes, you know, that before you used to be in PDF. Oh, I, I agree with you. But open office thing, documents for some th- people. But the thing is, I feel like there are two approaches here. One approach is to leave all kinds of refutation. And, you know, they bring up these kinds of... Um, leave it to its people, you mean? No, no, just leave it in general. Because there's, there is no its people. Hey, enjoying the show? We'll get back to it in just a moment, but I just wanted to let you know that our Ramadan appeal is live right now. I'm inviting you to share in the multiple rewards of Islam 21C. We do so much more than podcasts, so each donation you make could go towards up to 15 different projects, and many of them will be Sadaqa Jariya for you, inshallah. National Khutbah Days, National Impact Campaigns, News Responses, Featured Articles, Short Films, Islamic Videos, info- Infographic Series, the list goes on. You can't go wrong, eh? Donate using the link below. Okay, now back to the show. I mean, there is, I mean, there's... There's, I mean, yesterday we had, uh, hmm. um, not yesterday, the other day we had uh, Sheikh Suhail Hanif. He's talking about how you need, we need to build these ivory towers, so to speak, you hmm. know, a place where scholarship can happen and reputation no, no, can occur. Well, occur. I mean, scholars are not going to respond to YouTubers, I'll put it that way. No, no, I mean, yeah, to each other. You see, and, and if a scholar is has a limited influence and a YouTuber has more reach, then a YouTuber is going to end up re- responding to another one because that's how narratives are broken but the point is is you know once again i speak from a position of bias because there have been two approaches in the last 20 to 30 years and i represent one of them um what are they if you if you like two approaches which have been that to put it crudely some tabdiais and takfiris individuals who indulged quite rapidly and frequently in the uh in the kind of hereticizing, I'm not sure if that's a word, of other people calling them innovators, mubtada and so on. Like public condemnation yeah. of... Um, uh, that kind of thing. They have been allowed to grow. And one response to them has been to just leave them and be quiet and don't say anything. And another response has been to just respond to them. And that's basically been my approach. Now, from my experience, I'm not going to say that my approach is the right one once again, a lot of this is to do with mm. cost-benefit ratio, calculus, uh, and that the other approach is wrong. At the end of the day, it's, a, it's an ijtihad. It is, it's not an ijtihad in the fatwa type thing. But it's, it's an ijtihad it's in, the, in the fatwa type thing. No, it's I don't... It's not ijtihad tafsili. No, it's not. Yeah, it's ijtihad tafsili. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Everyone does their own ijtihad, right? Yeah. In life. Yeah, the Ami does it as well, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the layman. But what I mean is, in a sense that I represent another, if you like, side of the spectrum. I'm of the opinion that I'll ignore it and maybe it'll go away. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's another side of the spectrum. I think there, there probably is, in the upcoming generations, and I, people that come up and speak about this to me, I say, what do you think? If I'm being honest, I think that our approach has been too excessive. Like looking back in introspection, in the last five years of me doing this kind of thing, like responding to people like Tech Furious or Tabdiais or something, who I believe do consider uh, pose a considerable threat to the dawah 
I do believe that. Yeah. But my approach. I mean, you can you can appro- you can refute so- someone's idea, right? Yeah, but it's, it's not as, it's not as potent. Yeah. No, look. I mean, the thing is, that's all well and good. But if someone hits you, hit them back. I mean, that, that's the view that we've been taking. But there's, yeah, you know, if there's someone hits you, hit them back, uh, and it helps, and it helps. You know, sometimes being rough with them helps as well. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. But what I, what I mean is, as long as as long as there is. There is scholarly oversight because this is a yeah. matter of ishtihad. This is a matter of turning over an asal, yeah. which is hurma of the of the mm. of the uh, honor and the dignity of a Muslim. Yeah, Riba, major yeah. sin potentially. Of course, of course. Yeah. But what I was going to say but was sorry, sorry. Overturning sorry. that, yeah, yeah. Overturning the the asl, the the default ruling of, you know, the the in, inviolability of someone's reputation, riba, and saying something that your brother. Is even if he's your enemy, that he doesn't like, yeah. Now there are, of course, is there's times and places where the uh, haram can be overturned, but as long as there's an, a a process, the due process is followed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that, thing. but what I'm saying is, a lot of it scholars don't have time to go into these petty things, and so a lot of it will be people that are on the lower level uh, making the decisions themselves. What I'm saying is that I represent. Mm. Probably in the last three to five years Three years in particular Probably another side of the spectrum The other side has been silence I, I think if we're being totally honest The silent approach has not been particularly free, fruitful In fact, a lot of groups have been able to grow because of that Because if, you, if sometimes you feel like they're unchallenged Then there is this kind of like undefeated mentality Even though they're, you know They've got he- heavy punches and glass jaws and once you hit them in the face, then they, they, they drop. But the point is, is that the other approach is... There were some hidden messages in that that are completely lost no, no. on me. <laughs> some people can I haven't have, been following any... because no, uh, some people can dish it out, but they yeah. don't like it, give, getting it back. Mm. And if you let people like that bully you in the public sphere or in the private sphere, then you will be bullied. You'll be the subject of being bullied. You and your community. Of course, there's a maslaha and mafsa. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's subjective. Right? Subjective. That's why we so, have a due and a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. There is yeah. there is due process, but yeah. a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is actually like, what do I think? It's consequentialist reasoning. It's mahd consequentialist reasoning. If X, then Y. Or if I do X, then Y. That some people make an argument that if I if I respond to them, then it will just be uh, tit for tat or whatever. Yeah, uh, but then this will have this effect and it will do this to the youth. Yeah, and sorry, this is not a hard and fast situation. This is a situation where people are making value judgment based on subjectivity. And you might, you, I don't see how being necessarily equipped in certain hadiths are going to help you with this. This is actually a mess of consequences. Let's assess the consequences. Maslaha must said that. See, and what kind of maslaha is it? Maslaha mursala. We're not talking about a maslaha to overturn an established. Hmm. The asal is clear, right? Which one? Of you don't backbite, for example. We no, don't backbite. No, no, but backbiting is not. Is, yeah. is, no, the issue is if someone does something in public, it's not backbiting. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. still backbiting, but it's allowed to. And that, that permission, like you're yeah. starving to death, you can drink alcohol or whatever. Although I don't know if that will actually help you. No, no, you. if the person's doing something publicly, then you respond publicly, then it's not no, backbiting. No, that's, that's an example of yeah. the fatwa might be over, uh, fatwa may be given to overturn the asal. 
He did it in public, and this is the consequence. Blah blah blah. Therefore, okay, okay. Person yeah, with knowledge, yeah, 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 person with authority, more importantly. Yeah. This is we overlook this. Yeah. Well, for a temporary time, suspend the asal ruling, in and go after that person, right? No, yeah. no, it's not. It's not backbiting if you're like, for example, if some, if some. It's not haram. If if person X comes out and says this and that person is a mubtada, uh, because one, two, three, and then person Y who is being accused of that comes and says, okay, well, let's look at these masail one, two, three. Are they issues where tabdiya is possible? Mm-hmm. I don't see that where backbiting comes into it. This person thinks well from his side, from his the person X here, he might have that reasoning, the suspending of the asal. Because that's but for for the person why it's not really that reasoning it's it's the reason yeah he's just a, a, a bystander he's yeah, watching yeah exactly yeah. no he's responding so in the case of those who are responding mm. okay the, uh, the question is uh, should we respond or should we just completely ignore and the answer is well look it depends on your temperament it depends on the cost benefit analysis that you put for yourself it depends on whatever but, but you agree there's a uh, there's a process. Sharia process, right? For the what? Asal, not for any kind of abstract kind of alphabet, <laughs> algebra, X, Y, Z. No, like a person, you mentioning a Muslim in a light which he d- would dislike. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the uh, definition process. I'm no, but that's, that, that would apply to the person making that mention. If the person, anyone, defendi- anyone, anyone. The person defending themselves yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. says, I am yeah. not X, Y, Z because of, course, of Y, A, B, C. In fact, it may be a virtue to defend yourself. Yeah, I'm exactly. talking about that definition of that the Prophet ﷺ gave, you know, of backbiting. Um, that's the thing. You know, we see like, like we might see, you know, I remember back in the day when I was younger, you would say, you know, oh yeah, non-Muslim country, you can eat the haram stuff, whatever. Maybe someone took a fatwa from your life is in danger, whatever, and things kind of transmutate thereafter. Likewise, now in today's day and age, it's so easy to backbite. Um, these types of these types of exceptions to the rule have become popular. I'm not saying you do. I, I'm following. No, you. I know. I, yeah. what but it's say, something what too saying, common. Too common. It's I almost so that, the, 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 the we need to spell out what, we're, talk, what, we, what we're talking about. Here. Yeah, the honor of the Muslim yes. has become uh, less sacrosanct. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I agree. And it's but just a, you know. But I think we've we've now moved on to a different topic altogether. The, the first topic we were talking about was responding to certain groups, right? So, so, so for example, it can be included. So refutations. In that, yeah. We're talking about yeah, refutation. Refutation is All right. So yeah. refutations. Okay, if certain people now there are two approaches. What I'm saying is, mm. in refute, refuting people. First of all, the question is, is refuting someone, for example, tabdiyah or takfiri, people that are Posing a considerable roadblock to the dawah is that something worth doing or not? That's the question. Some scholars and mashayikh have said no. Let's just ignore them. Some scholars and mashayikh said no. Let's respond Depends to. Depends on the because this is the, this is what you would this is what the world would look like had this been a matter of ishtihad of overturning an asal, right? The, I'm I'm trying to get people to th- look at this not through the language of the fatwa given, but for the language of the asal. What's the asal? The asal is asal of what of, of, of rudud. No asal of yeah, that that yeah, mentioning your brother in a way that he doesn't like no, or what uh, he doesn't like. This is the riba is something which is done when he's not there. If I call you right now, okay, and I speak to you directly, it's not riba, is it? <laughs> but that's worse. <laughs> if I say no, 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 it's, in it's a way that worse. I don't it's, like, it's not actually worse at all. 
No, it's not. That's wrong. What you're saying is no. In a way, if I if I negative, if I say to you something, yeah, sorryhan. Like if I say to you, you need to lose weight. Yeah, it's like I do. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If I say to you like that, you might not like. But that's not. That wouldn't be backbiting. In uh, no, no, but maybe, maybe depending. If I said it outside of your presence, yeah, that would be backbiting. Possibly, possibly, it would be backbiting. It would be. Yes, it would be. If I say this guy needs to lose weight, Mm. that would be backbiting. Because it's Yeah, exactly, right? But if I came to you, if I, if I said it to you indirectly, me and you both need to lose weight. We're both looking like we need to lose weight, which is true, true statement, yeah? <laughs> you know, we, we need to stop drinking this, whatever, yeah? That's that's nasiha now. It's, it's something which has become halal, is haram. Now, if I call you on the phone, you see, yeah. I'm not backbiting you. If if I know that you will watch a video, if I, if I, if, if, a, if a direct message, fair enough. Yeah, no, no. If, if someone puts something, DM, on you, if PM. someone puts something on YouTube, yeah, that's and then you I respond direct. to them on YouTube. That's that's to the whole world, man. But no problem. But the brother is involved in that as well. Yeah, How that, is that, that backbiting? Because that's in front of everyone else. That's not backbiting. That's that, the, if it, if he doesn't like it, it could be. No, no, it's, it's, not, it's not backbiting. That's my argument. It's like going to a public s- square and speaking to someone in front of everyone. Yeah, when you have the choice to privately give nasiha. No, no, you, you, what I'm saying is you're talking about backbiting. You're saying nasiha versus backbiting. Yeah? Nasiha is kind of clear. If, I I give you, if I somebody give you makes a video yeah. in public, I respond in public. They, we are both seeing what we are. I see what he's doing. He sees what I'm doing. There's no backbiting going on there. That's a direct message in front of the people. Um, then, then you see what is the what what does the Sharia say about advising people in public? That's a different matter. That, yeah, good now, now because you were saying the asal is backbiting. Well, is asal, haram. No, but it is. If you agree, yeah. a backbiting is haram. Yeah, but yeah. that's not what You're I'm saying. saying is, what, this is not backbiting. What, what takes the ruling of backbiting? Yeah, it's not backbiting. This is either way. Even if the person does it in the first place, mm. I will see it. So it's not like he's hiding from me and. Yeah. You know when the Prophet When Allah in the Quran He says Does one of you wish That he eats the flesh of his dead brother that he Why is it the flesh of his dead brother Because the man cannot protect himself If he was there He would you know, he could protect himself if he, was, if he was there Likewise if he's uh, on YouTube right No but he's public It's public it's not backbiting mm-hmm. because it's. Well, I mean, the, not yeah. you. I'm not talking about you. No, no, I'm not. In Generally, imagine a random commenter, whatever. Yeah. Okay. We, well, if the, a commenter, the, if a commenter, look, if, it depends on what the commenter is saying. Right. This, this is different. If two YouTubers are speaking to each other, right, and both of them can see one another, and both. This is ajib to me, man. There's <laughs> nothing ajib about this. No, no. I mean, uh, this whole uh, no, this it, whole uh, no, thing no, about YouTubers. No, no. But if if, if someone, I, I have an account by the way on YouTube. Mm. I have 37 subscribers. <laughs> but do you see, do you see the I don't point? have any. I never spoken to anyone on YouTube. Though. That's the thing. That's like for yeah. me, it's public. If, if I, I put a video, if out. someone, if if someone puts a comment, yeah. which is unlikely for me to see it, it all goes back to the question of how likely is it for me to see it. If the likelihood is ninety five percent, like that, I'm going to see it. It's no longer backbiting. So it doesn't have the same. What's the illa of backbiting? It's the preservation of honor, right? Or one of the, the thing the thing that you're you're tarnishing someone's reputation in no, a no, but, sense. Uh, the question of whether backbiting has a or tabudi, that's yeah. that's another question. The question but what I'm saying to you is no, I don't, did anyone say it's not ma'aqul, ma'aqul al-ma'na? 
Like it's, it's not, isn't it? I'm saying there's, it's, we don't know whether it's ta'abudi or there's ma'lul. That's a question. That's another question that's asked. We do know. Does anyone? I don't. I mean, that's anyway. Going into the, the it's thing, too detailed. It was just more like a. But it was the, just a the, kind of a. The point is. The point is. Is mm-hmm. that, where, if, if someone's making messages on com, if someone's commenting and stuff, yeah, and it's unlikely for me to read that, but someone's talking about me, yeah, in a way that I don't like it. That could be backbiting. Mm-hmm. If someone's making comment on you, the thirty-seven channel video. Rap, rap. <laughs> you know, you know, whatever it is, and it's unlikely for you to see that, but other people will see it. That could be backbiting. So for me, there's probably thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of people <coughs> backbiting me, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll see on the day of judgment. Inshallah, <laughs> take no, honestly. I, I will take. I don't forgive anyone. Yeah. Just to let everyone know, I don't forgive anyone. <laughs> I do not forgive anybody. No, honestly. Don't be so hasty. Maybe, no, no, no. maybe I, you no, will. I, uh, no, I need. I need yeah. all the good deeds that I can get. So on the day of judgment, I will be taking those good deeds. Mm. Especially because you you cause someone pain in my I've already explained that it does cause pain, mm. so I'm going to take the good deeds. I'm going to take uh, the, the things that is backbiting. But w- to be fair, other people who make videos about me, even if they don't like me or something, yeah. Has anyone made a video about you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's but what I'm saying, if if someone makes a video, that's not really back. I wouldn't cons- I wouldn't even say that's backbiting. I wouldn't even say that's backbiting. So you forgive them. Uh, you know, with those people, I have I'm more likely to forgive them because think think about it, bro. Yeah, if they are right, then they are reducing the burden on me because if if I'm saying something that is wrong, deviated or corrupt, does that happen often? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. If I'm saying something that's deviated or corrupt or something like that, yeah, then they are lowering the burden on me on the day of judgment. But if I'm saying something that is right and they are just attacking me because of ulterior motives and their sincerity is not in, in check, mm-hmm. then I will take that from them on the day of judgment for for spreading news which is false about and me and slandering me or whatever it is. Yeah, so I, it's a win-win situation for me. As for them, if they are sincere, even if there's someone out there that makes tabdi out of me or even takfir, even though I don't like those things and I think that those things are abhorrent the way that they, they carry it out. But I still believe that those who do those things, if they're doing it sincerely, Allah, maybe Allah perhaps will forgive them and maybe even reward them for it. Have you, has anyone ever said, oh, this guy, man, made a video about you or whatever? You're, oh, he's stupid, you're deviant, whatever. And then you thought, mm. wait a second, you're right. <laughs> I was wrong. There's a lot of I things. Was, uh, that, no, I would change my, I would really concede. Critics have really... Delete a video. Have you deleted a video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, this, I've probably made about five or six retractions in the last mm. five or six years. Major retractions. Um, you know, there, there have been retractions that I've made. And, um, yeah. and look, I mean, as I say, critics can sometimes be great teachers. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we don't. That's what our egos don't want us to admit. I heard Umar Adilani say, may Allah have mercy on those who point out our faults. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to be surrounded yeah. by yes men. Exactly. No, no. It's good to have them, to be honest. They're useful. Mm. They sharpen me up. There you go. If you're watching, if you want to take him out, <laughs> he said, feel free to do a video, YouTube video uh, against if, him. If you uh, can, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you should. You should absolutely yeah. try. Uh, uh, no problem. But try, what? but I'm going to hit back. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I sometimes will hit back. <laughs> and sometimes I'll just leave it be. But yeah. uh, the point is, is, you know, I have learned a lot from my critics. Do you think I should start doing some refutation. public refutations of people? 
Yeah, I, some people, yeah, who are, I would be happily refute people who I, if you want to get at home, I think they put should. tea, they put milk in before the tea. You know, I don't know why you do, uh, look. Slam Twenty One C deals with much more controversial topics than some simpletons doing refutations from their homes. I wouldn't ask an organization mm. like Slam Twenty One C to get involved in that. I mean, on my thirty-seven subscriber channel, yeah, you can get involved in that <laughs> <laughs> from time to time. Yeah. You know, keeps the keeps the blood flowing. Inshallah. Anyway, um, we've got an, another segment now. It's called what's it called again? You've been served, right? Yeah. There you go, you've been served. Uh, if you're if you run into a bear in the woods, name one thing you should not do. Depends on what kind of bear. So if it's a grizzly bear, you shouldn't move. You should actually pretend to be dead. Okay, so I'll, that might be actually the, the right thing, but what do you mean? These are these are the people. Maybe they 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 don't their knowledge of grizzly bear encounters isn't as. It depends on as what yours. kind of bear. There's a blue bear, grizzly bear. Tell them to be quiet. Wh- which ones go and live in the woods? What kind of woods? Forest. Pooh bear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any any others? Now, one thing that you shouldn't do. What's the most common thing do you reckon that people said you should not do? I don't, I don't care what they say. Who cares what they say? Mashallah. You know, who cares what they say? What the people say? What the, what, what who cares what they say? Democracy. <laughs> <laughs> this is about, do you know the people? Do you know people? Yeah, you have to understand I don't empathy. know what they're say. What they say? Sociopathy. Mm-hmm. What they say? Mm-hmm. Shall I give you number one? Yeah, go on. I don't, don't feed it. Don't feed it. Yeah. That's probably a, it's like kind of good, a kind good, life, good life advice. Number two, mm. fight it. What well, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you shouldn't f- try fighting. Well, if it's bear. a blue bear, you should fight it. Apparently, according to some uh, some experts. Only if you're a khabib and the, and you're not. No, no, no. Even if you're not, if you're, it'll, it'll run away. Even if you shout and scream, it can run away. By the way, this is not professional bear handling advice. Please take whatever's said in this I'm program. No, <laughs> no, 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 Don't sue us. Go and check it online. Right? <laughs> what do you do if you meet a bear? I checked this online. Yeah, you prepared for this. Yeah, I've been to you know places. Third thing is bear. pet it. Fourth is approach it. Don't approach it. Which is kind of like your answer. Um, if you make loud noises, it, go, it goes away. There's also kind of a looming threat that they uh, respond to sometimes if you come towards it. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's wrong advice. I don't know. No problem. Right. Second question: If you lived with a bodybuilder, name a word you'd often hear around the house. Protein. Nice. Protein is number three, the most, the third most Steroids. common. <laughs> Needles. Uh, so it says. Syringe. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Is that protein, what you were uh, doing uh, around the corner, just injecting? <laughs> us? I thought it was insulin or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, um, so protein, yeah. What else would you hear? It's like uh, reps, sets, stuff like that. gym. Gym number five, yes. We need a ding. Meals, you know. I'll give you that diet. Diet is number yeah, one. Yeah. Close number two is what? what? What's this? Muscles. Muscle, yeah, yeah. And one more left. Number four, bro, it's ninety-five percent fat, five percent muscle. <laughs> What's the question? Weights. Oh, okay. Yeah, similar. Oh. Okay. All right. It's third question. Point, point of exercise. Do you think? Pardon? Do you think there's a point of exercise? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it helps you in doing daily tasks like this. <laughs> Go on. All right. Name something a man might do at the gym to impress a woman. To impress a woman. Do you know what There's we would three do? Okay, since this is nonsense, I'm just going to make a joke out of this. 
<laughs> do you know what I would? Do you know what you would do to impress a woman? What? Not show up. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Very good. Huh? <laughs> That's right. Ah, my right. feelings. All right, go on. Three. There's only three answers. Let's see. Pump heavyweights. Pious. All right, lift weights. Yeah, that's number yeah. one. Shadow boxing. I see that. No. I see that a lot. You're famous for this one. What flexing? <laughs> oh yeah, number two, flexing. You're famous for the third one as well. Wait, wait, take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> yep, there you go. Mashallah, you got it. I wanted to ask you about your experience with Jordan Peterson. And you mentioned, I saw a video of yours uh, having a chat with him. Mashallah. And uh, you mentioned that you've kind of read all his books and literature and stuff. And I was wondering how, what was your engagement like? And what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, some of his. Um, okay. Is it is it is it a good person for Muslims? You reckon to to read up on? Is, uh, you know, does he have some good um, kind of insights? Yeah, of course, he, of course he has good insights. And there's no doubt about that. You know, he's a specialist in his field. Mm -hmm. He's got good life advice, um, and he has some views which are commensurate with the Islamic worldview. Mm. But I think. The reason why he's become very popular in the West is because he's giving something that the Westerners are most thirsty for, which is guidance, mm -hmm. rules. You know, the people want this kind of thing. They want to have structure to their life, organization. Mm. They've had enough of the hedonistic lifestyle. People have had enough of it. You know, just waking up, you know, slobs, eating food, um, pleasure, you know, pleasure seeking and that kind of thing. Ironically, pleasure seeking has become something which has create the most pain you know mm. so um i guess from that perspective i see why there's a hype around him and there's he has some real legitimate insight based on his mm -hmm. clinical experience not just his his uh, academic experience so there is there's a lot to learn from it, that i've learned from him mm -hmm. from his books and there's a lot to learn from him in general yeah i haven't i haven't read his books yet but i've seen a few of his lectures and they seem you know, quite uh, insightful. I was just wondering, what do you think that thing was? You know, that draws. Um, he's quite a polarizing figure. Who for, isn't for some people? I mean, um, almost every successful people person in the human history is polarizing. So, I mean, successful, influential. Let's just say. So it's not. Well, it's some people bring people together, right? Who, like who? I mean, like the Prophet Sallam. Well, he also was polarizing. Because to, a, to a degree, you know, I mean, that's like people rejecting him. Yeah? yeah, well, there you have in it. In terms of, so you're saying his the polarization he brings about is 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 like a hak and battle thing. Or yeah, of course we say that. Yeah. So no one who disagrees with him is on the hak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we believe, right? Yeah. But the the point is, he was still polarizing in that sense. That you will not find a person. No, no, I'm talking about Jordan Peterson. Someone who disagrees. Is it possible to disagree with him? Oh. And be put off by him um, whilst being on the hack. I don't know. I mean, is he, it depends on the matter, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. Depends on what he's. But it's interesting about. to see people need uh, kind of structure and guidance and stuff. Yeah, is that's that what right. his main kind of message is about? He, yeah, I mean, that's what his books are about. Yeah. Twelve rules and twelve more rules. It's all about rules for life. That's what they are. Uh, how to mm. and the things that he mentions almost all of them in the first book 
uh, are okay with Islam. In the second book, there's a couple of things that he's like abandoned ideology, which, like, is, to be frank, ridiculous. Because what do we mean by ideas, um, ideologies? Is it a system of set of ideas, or what is it we're talking about? And obviously, you you know, you can argue that there's nothing that does not have an ideology. Mm-hmm. Everything is <coughs> driven by some sort of lens that you're looking at the world through. So for him to write abandon ideology, mm. but in actually in other places he talks about individualism, and he speaks about individualism, uh, you know, in a positive sense. You know, uh, how, does that, how does that square with it. your? Because that's an ideology. I mean, <laughs> individualism. I'm not saying that he. I mean, the thing is, you can't really put him in a box, Peterson. It would be wrong to say that he's a individual. He's an individualist, mm. just like it would probably be wrong to some people call him a classical liberal. liberal. There's truth in that that he obviously believes in aspects of the liberal tradition and aspects of individualism. However, you know, um, he's not easily put into a box because if you look at his latest book, he talks a lot about institutions. Um, I think one of his rules was something to do with preserving institutions and following them. So that's more of a collectivist discourse, a communitarian, you could say. Not collectivist, but I'll say it's communitarian discourse. So from that perspective, you know... I mean, liberals aren't traditionally anti-institutions. You know, anti- no, no, I'm with you. I'm, uh, but what I'm saying is, you know, it's difficult to put them in that kind of easy box. But w- what I will say is that um, saying abandon ideology is almost an untenable yeah. venture from the... I mean, probably there's probably some specific meaning he must... No, he, he meant it in that way. He definitely mm. meant it in that way, which even it's abandoned ideology, even my own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, abandon. Think about it. It's yeah. it's ironic because it's prescriptive itself, yeah, yeah. and ideologies are more normative mm. um, and prescriptive. So, if you say abandon ideology, the irony in it is that well, that could be ide- an ideological statement. The statement well, itself yeah, is ideological. Yeah, yeah. What do you think his detractors and uh, kind of dislike about him? And did you have any backlash from your discussion with him? I'm sure some, I mean, he has different detractors. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone that disagrees with him is wrong. I mean, like I said, it, these kind of things that we're just talking about here, there's some, if you look at his philosophical thoughts and, you know, ideas, mm-hmm. some of them are really malf- you know, dysfunctional. They, they, don't, they don't work together. For example, his pragmatism on the one hand, I don't want to get into it. It's a very long story. But he, he has ideas which don't... He's, he's a pragmatist on the one hand. But on the other... Uh, on the other, Pragmatism is basically saying that truth with a capital T is not... Doesn't exist out there in the real world in a correspondence stereotype way. Oh, okay. But on the other hand, if you look at his <coughs> books and um, how he expresses psychological discussion, he'll um, critique a theory based on its lack of evidence. But that that presupposes a correspondence theory of... Um, that presu- there is some kind of reality. Outside, outside yeah, yeah, correspondence theory of um, <coughs> epistemology, mm. right? So his epistemology is pragmatism when he talks about religion. But for all intents and purposes, although he doesn't spell out in this way, it's correspondence when, it, when he's do, doing mm. his psychology. Mm. So there is, there is a tension there. And I don't think he's got it all mapped out. And in fact, there was one particular discussion with Sam Harris that he had, not the three or four major ones that he had. Because I watched all these things. 
And there was one particular one where he was actually speaking about... Um, Sam Harris actually brought this up to him. He said to him, what, you know, you're... you're, you're he, he, I want to try and remember exactly the words that he used. He said, you can believe in what you believe in, but it will be at your peril. And then John, Jordan Peterson responded, and this is, by the way, it's not even a... It's, there's no video of this. It's all audio. It's a podcast on Sam Harris's thing. And, and then Jordan Peterson responds to it, and he says, it has been at my peril. It's very interesting. One of the most telling things I've ever seen or heard from Jordan Peterson. Because he's admitting a toil, a situation of where he's in a toil because he doesn't have his epistemology worked out. And you can see that he works in this way where, for example, he approaches religion in a certain manner, mm. where he wants truth to be malleable and flexible. But then, once again, in his practice, he's not like that. You know, in, talk about psychology, he's not like that. And I think this is causing him some level of cognitive dissonance. There is there is a problem here in the way in which he conceptualizes faith. Yeah, I remember you and, saying that. Yeah, and, <clears throat> yeah, I did say that, but I didn't spell it out. And that's why you'll see that, for example, in his his Genesis series, which I watched actually, you know, his biblical series and stuff, because you know I was preparing for it. I actually prepared. I watched everything, and in his biblical series, you'll see that he's metaphorizing the text. Okay. And at one point, he actually does quote Origin of Alexandria. What's that? Origin of Alexandria is was an ecclesiastical church writer, one of the most voluminous of his kind in the first 300 years of Christianity. I think he died 250 after the disappearance of uh, Jesus. And he was a representative of the Alexandrian school uh, of exegesis. And this school was um, known for spir- what they were called, spiritualizing the text doing ta'wil, basically, you know, majaz, that the text is metaphoric. Mm. And Origin of Alexander, I did did some work on him when I was um, at the University of Oxford. Actually, I did one um, particular study on him uh, and looking at how he, compared to other church writers, they conceive of the, um, the text, yeah? And basically... The Alexandrian school was atypical, it was aberrational compared to the other schools in exegesis, in tafsir. They were heretical. Well, uh, well I mean, there was, something called, there was something called the origin crisis. So he was not made a saint in the Catholic Church or the Orthodox Church, mm. which is why he's referred to not as a church father, but as an ecclesiastic church writer. Um, having said that, that origin crisis happened, by the way, after his death, I think somewhere in the 4th century. But, but, but the point is that he quoted him, Peterson quoted Origin of Alexandria, maybe in his third or fourth lecture on the topic, because he was aware of the spiritualizing of impact or approach that Origin of Alexandria has to the text. However, I came across a particular, um, I came across a particular extract where Origin of Alexandria was having a discussion with an apologist who was a Greek, um, someone who believed in Platonism, I think, right? You know, Platonist, who wasn't a Christian. And he said to him, his name was Celsus, C-E-L-S-U-S, yeah? And he said to him, how could it be that, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but how could it be that your God died on the cross, basically? Oh, come on, Yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> and then he said, <laughs> and then Origin of Alexandria, he said, um, he said the, the events of the crucifixion 
not all of them must be read uh, like literally and that some of it has to be spiritualized basically the point is that I'm making if you do spiritualize the text if you spiritualize the text meaning metaphorize it at the, the rate and the frequency and the degree and using the same kind of hermeneutical approach someone like Origin of Alexandria was using in the early days because that's the only precedent they really have he had a teacher called Philo who's a Jew by the way but he had the same kind of approach standard approach to the biblical text but if you follow that line of reasoning then the crucifixion itself could be something which is called into question the crucifixion mm -hmm. itself which means Christianity becomes a myth the entire religion of Christianity becomes a myth the crucifixion, the resurrection um, the ascension all these doctrines that we have to the incarnation so why is that all not mythological? Um, in fact, what makes us think that one is mythological and the other one is not? If these are all, if it's all etiology, the idea of myth, you know, mm -hmm. then why do we discriminate in what we render as a myth and what we render as possible? So I think that Jordan Peterson, because he mentions this in Maps of Meaning, the big, beginning of one of his books, he mentions that when he was a young man, you know, he, he kind of like, he... he got doubts of Christianity because of the biblical nar narrative of Genesis in particular. And there's a reason for that. The reason for that is because it's obviously not commensurate with the scientific method or anything scientific. Uh, but, what the, but, but it's completely away from it. So th this is, I'm thinking to myself, because he's a religious mm. man in many ways, right? He, he doesn't say it, and even doesn't answer, never answered once whether he believes in God in a yes or no fashion. Never. He's, the, the maximum he's ever said is, I act as if I believe in God. That's why I never asked him that question. Or never even engaged him. Because I know he doesn't want to answer that question. You see. Mm. But having said that, that's his answer. His answer is, I act as if I believe in God. Or as, I act as if God exists. Mm. But, he, but despite that, he's a religious man. In the sense that he does obviously see there's a meaningfulness to the Christian tradition in particular comparative to other traditions mm. you see um so why is he not speaking about the vedas for example why is he not speaking about hercules and zeus then why are these sets of myths western myths better than these other sets of myths because that's his background there his must tradition. be there must be something about mm -hmm. these myths which make there must be a truth about these myths which make the the these other sets of myth less truthful or not as valuable or not as worthy of being exegeted or studied that's the assumption here why of why you spend x amount of time speaking about the bible comparative to for example the bhagavad gita well, it could be just that's his this is a western yeah but so is hercules tradition. and so is zeus right that's western as well right mithraism I mean, that, that's western that's, as well uh, that's how it's projected now back projected it's claimed yeah you know? but uh, the point is these are myths that he's chosen apart uh, you know aside from other myths mm. and other western myths like that right Having said all, of, and by the way, sorry to say, Christianity is not a Western religion. It starts no, in the Western Middle East. Christianity. Yeah, but Christianity started off in the Middle East. If you wanted something cleanly Western, then the ancient Greek tradition is more. <laughs> no, it is because uh, you know Jesus Christ was a Middle Eastern man, right? They worship a Middle Eastern man. So let's not lose sight of where Christianity actually started, which is in the Middle East, in Jerusalem, and in these places, Bethlehem. Anyway, the point is is. Why these myths are not others, for whatever reason, yeah? 
there must be some added value of these myths mm. and not other myths. But then, uh, the question is, are we how, how are we going to exegete the Bible? If we exegete it all as mythological, then it's for intents and purposes not true. But remember, he's a pragmatist, and there's a reason. This is a so conspiracy. Uh, I don't want to be conspiratorial. I, I do not want to be conspiratorial here. Yeah, but if you're a pragmatist, then you accept different kinds of truth. But if you accept different kinds of, so you're you're able to accept the religious truth as a separate substratum of different kinds of truth. But he's a pragmatist when it comes to this, as I've mentioned, but clearly not when it comes to even speaking about language itself. He speaks about language in, in correspondence terms. He speaks about... Um, and he's very anti, he seems to be very anti-deconstructionism and that, that some argue, posit, you know, uh, uh, argue against... Pragmatism, okay, against, let uh, me put this closer to teachers. the mind, right? Pragmatism, neo-pragmatism, people like Richard Rorty, who are the foremost proponents of it, are the neo-pragmatists of today. People like Susan Hack, who's written a critical inquiry, mm-hmm. um, she's a neo-pragmatist. The, it, historically, there was a the group of people called the American Pragmatists in, in the early 20th century. They kind of started off, if you like, the method, the, the, the mm-hmm. school of thought. Uh, but So pragmatism is like that. Now, if you're a pragmatist, you don't believe in a truth that is out there, Okay, Richard Rorty, who is one of the most, the foremost pragmatists of today, was also a postmodernist. Just to put this in perspective, because they, they they tend to go. Yeah, he, no, he he's a foremost postmodernist, and he's a foremost pragmatist. Can you see the tension here? Richard, sorry, not Jordan Peterson. In other places of his book, yeah. he attacks postmodernism because postmodernism clearly is is against kind of the neoconservative like conservative values which he espouses in other places he doesn't call it that and once again it wouldn't be right to call him a conservative all these caveats in place mm-hmm. yet he's clearly against postmodernism clearly and he's clearly against nihilism but his pragmatist views are actually so commensurate with those things that it's it almost inconceivable to try and differentiate these like you said he's holding to yes so, so 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 i actually think that Richard Dawkins and others must think about whether or not they are cognitively dissonant. Because on the one hand... You said Richard Dawkins. Did I say so? Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Could be... A, because when he said that time, hmm. when he was speaking to Sam Harris, when Sam Harris said to him, it will be at your peril, and he said, it has been at my peril. What does it mean when he said, in the first person, it has been at my peril? That means to say that he's already found this stuff hard to conciliate. Mm. And that it's causing him discomfort, which is a which is an exact definition practically of cognitive dissonance. Which is where you come in with the go rap. <laughs> which is where we come in as Muslims <laughs> and say there's a solution to this problem, mm. which is a firm anchorage one, two, three, which I've already explained to him in the discussion. Yeah. But we have to first diagnose the issue a bit more. Uh, you know, and that's why I do think you know, um, that there is added value in the Islamic yeah. discourse, which which Christianity cannot yeah. C- yeah. cannot actually compete with it. So this has got to be. We'll talk about him. Why people uh, gravitate towards him yeah. because he's an anchor in the age of chaos, and that's there's truth in that. He offers rules and organization and all these kind of self controlled tacti- tactics. Yeah. That's all true and good. But he hasn't yet sorted out his own epistemology. 
Yeah. He himself is uh, in peril, according to his own discussion. So we'll discuss him as a, in his own kind of personal philosophy and so forth and his epistemology, but about him as a phenomenon, right? Yes. He is... Um, one of his biggest, or one group of his biggest critics, uh, maybe we might call them as feminists, describe them as feminists, right? Yep. Um, what problem do they have with him? And as a result, the. the Look, because I mean, the thing, the reason why I'm interested in that is, mm. we don't want to start like a whole podcast about feminism. Right, right. Okay, so, so in so terms Jordan of Peterson. Muslims often wander into debates amongst Jordan, okay, kind of Jordan Peterson, uh, groups, he, philosophies, he, and tech sides, you know? Okay. So Jordan Peterson. He's uh, on the one hand, he is uh, he has. I'm going to put this crudely. He has a jumbled epistemology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've said this to him. It's not you know you no. Know, he has a jumbled epistemology. It's which not as backbiting. It's not backbiting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, he has a jumbled no, epistemology. Okay, um, he has a jumbled epistemology, <coughs> which we've described the pragmatism, the which is incommensurate with the scientific approach when it comes to psychology and stuff, which is incommensurate with. Uh, you know, whatever, yeah, which has been causing him problems, psychological problems. It has been peril. his peril. His words exactly. It has been about peril. All of those things, yeah. However, when it comes to psychology, he's pretty diligent. He is, and in fact, the way he argues um, the anti-feminist case is largely a psychological discussion. So, in in psychology, there's something called the Big Five, which are basically five different traits. That people have like trait conscientiousness, yeah. agreeableness, you know, openness, I don't, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I don't have them to hand, but five traits which basically people are, uh, you know, quizzed about and personality traits. To, to so he's, to he makes he makes the arguments. He makes the argument that uh, looking at how men answer these um, different kind of questions and so on, and looking at how women do it, there's clearly a difference. There's there's a marked difference between men's uh, personality traits versus women's personality traits. So he makes a case from psychology. So because he's making a case from kind of like a scientific background, though we must put down that, you know, this is not strictly natural sciences. And Karl Popper referred to psychology as a pseudoscience. (laughs) He did. But whatever it is, he's coming from that angle. Um, It's more accepted, actually. I think he's changed the discourse immensely. By the way, I think that his views on uh, gender has ch- have changed the discourse very dramatically in the Western world, and I think he's been at the fore of actually changing a lot of people's minds about feminism. When we started this discussion, talk about where people change their views, he actually represents one of the very few public figures that has able to get people away from one ideology and into another, or at least away from one ideology which in this case is feminism. Uh-huh. He's been one of the most successful in that respect because he is backing his evidences with very solid data. Not just the big five, but all kinds of things. Like in your, he goes into neurology, physiology, psychology, of course. Hey, it's me again. Just had a thought and I was wondering how many of you watching this podcast know that Unscripted is just one of our products? Did you know that we have 15 different projects each working towards our vision to see every Muslim confident impact in the world? each in a unique and different way. If you didn't know this, then where have you been? We do this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and even this. If you didn't know that, then I know what's wrong. You're not connected to us properly. You're missing out on all our updates. 
No problem. The simple fix is you need to get onto our mailing list quick and follow us on Telegram, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Not just on YouTube. Hold on. How many of you have subscribed to us here? Come on. How else are you going to catch all the other podcasts, short films, reminders and series that we produce on here? Hit the subscribe button and the bell icon and go to the description right now to join us on our other platforms to catch all the non-video projects that we do all year round. Yeah, is that something w- feminists would disagree with? They would disagree that with there's the some differences between men and women. Or is no, feminists a- don't disagree with the fact that there are differences between men and women. I mean, mm-hmm. Simone de Beauvoir in her book, she has a whole chapter on biology, and she discusses them candidly. Almost all feminists of the second wave persuasion, with that caveat, uh, agree that there are differences. Jermaine Greer agrees, Betty Friedan agrees. All of these big names mm-hmm. of the second wave complexion, they agree. Uh, it's just that they think that it's inconsequential to the treatment of women, or that despite those differences, that there shouldn't be any uh, mm-hmm. treatment different differences in treatment. Whereas Peterson has a different tone altogether. He does. It, he he speaks when he gives advice. Advice giving to, for example, uh, mothers or women in their thirties is like, okay, well, you got to think about whether you want to have kids or not. I like the way he gives advice to women. I I actually prefer that way because there's a lot of people that speak sanctimoniously to women from the from our side, and I think actually men have a lot to to learn from that because he's saying, well, you got to think about this, you got to think about that, and he's basing it all on what he sees. Mm. Uh, in terms of trends, right? In terms of his clinical practice, he's a psychologist, but he's he also has, has patients. He has pa- he actually has patients. He's he's a clinical psychologist, but he actually yeah. has patients. He ta- he writes this in his book. It's not just like you know ivory tower guy. So he's noticed trends. For example, women in their thirties, mid thirties to whatever, um, wanting to have children, or that they're stuck between the career lifestyle and this kind of lifestyle. And he says, well, this is basically he's coming more from an advisory, clinical perspective giving advice and so I think that it's well mm. mo- much more well received by women some women of course not not all some women will still be triggered by him but much better received than has been in our traditionalist circles from that perspective there's a lot to learn from him mm. so but Jordan you, Peterson has you been you then describe yourself as an anti-feminist well I don't like to describe myself as an anti-anything because <laughs> no why would I describe myself yeah. in negative terms like as if to give importance to that ideology that I have to describe myself as counter to it mm-hmm. like an ex-muslim like well, when you when you're yeah. saying i'm an anti this or i'm an ex this it's almost as if you're saying or non-feminist yeah, i'm not a feminist if someone says you are you a feminist you say no would you give a see i wouldn't i normally don't answer those questions because i maybe because i don't know much about enough about feminism but to me it seems like well, someone asks such if a you're vacuous a christian. term because christian has at least some level of definition, especially from our tradition. No, no, but so does feminism. From our discourse, right? So does feminism. But feminism, I normally say, look, depends what you mean. No, no, I think it's a weak yeah. response. And this goes back to, to the point of temperament that we were talking about mm. in the beginning. It has to be straightforward sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, you know, if someone asks you, are you a Christian? You'd say yes or no. You'd yeah. say no, right? So likewise, feminism is has certain um, attitudes towards women in the household and so on. Domestic drudgery and... Second wave particularly And third wave is all about So that Going into that detail Now granular detail Now that makes sense Yeah just I, You don't have to The average person on the street Oh Salman look You don't have to think about it too much The average person on the street Doesn't know First wave Second wave Third wave All that kind of stuff You'd be surprised People I was teaching First wave feminism To year nines in school You know They, they, they learn mm. this stuff I mean 
I don't think so. I think year 10s and 11s. Now we have an educated public. People know about these things, man. Mm. You know, uh, so yeah, if someone were to ask you, well, by the same token as well, in addition, you could say, well, not many people in the streets know what Islam is or Christianity is, but they can, if you ask somebody who's not a Muslim, are you a Muslim? He'll say, I'm not a Muslim. You know, so if they're so, if a, if a 10 year old child can say that which is antithetical mm. to what we are, then we as grown men, you know, especially in the Dawah, should be able to easily say, no, we're not this thing. Mm. There has to be a level of barat here, you know. You see what I mean? So that, I'm taking from the perspective any newly invented ideology, because the 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 atmosphere of of, of Western philosophy and especially in modernity is naturally caricatures and polarities and you know um, reductionism, uh, holism, uh, you know um, uh, rationalism, empiricism, yeah. left wing, right wing. These these polarities they they don't. Nobody's really one pure thing, right? It's just for the purpose of um, no, justifying yeah. grants for academic research. People, you know, they, they make a mountain out of a molehill. So I, I try to normally just take the, the, uh, the Ibn Taymiyyah's approach in terms of like Sifat that he says. Yeah. Ibn Taymiyyah, I wouldn't say you mean this, then I'm not this. <laughs> if, if you, you mean that, then I'm not that, then I am that. No, 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 no. You're, any, you're, any confusing, you're confusing the categories here. Ibn Taymiyyah would do that with concepts, not with labels. He would not do this with labels. If someone asked him, like, are you are you, a, are you from the Karamita? He would say, no, I'm not. You know, are you from the Ashaira? Yeah. He would say, he would say no to that. But the labels are drawn from concepts, right? No, no, no. But he would differentiate the two things. Say, okay, feminism then. Yes, yeah, it's a, it's a, a label. Feminist. Feminism. What about it? A concept. Yeah. Yeah. What about it? So, do you describe? It's like Yahudiya. Yeah. It's like Judaism. I'm more of a Jew than I am a feminist. I think you are as well. <laughs> no. Especially that's when it good, comes that's to that's a good uh, quote. There you go, ladies no, and gentlemen. I, I, I'm more of a Jew in terms of jurisprudence than I am a feminist, and I think you are as well. But you probably, would, I probably am, but no, you definitely you, you definitely are. Or, or your views on gender segregation, your views on uh, on, for example, marriage and divorce, your views on prayer and uh, God, mm. all of those things. You're more of a if if that's the case. So what do you say to those? And this, sorry, and, and and this goes back to the issue of like, you know, what do we find? What do we define a religion as? Because Charles Taylor had a very interesting disc, uh, definition of it, which is that anything which is trans transcendental and encompassing ideo uh, idea, and that oh, includes well, yeah, I mean, not not many. I mean, people know this, but a lot of sociologists had this kind of a definition of religion. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the point is, is we need to be like you were talking about being, you know, uh, confident and. We need to be. We need to take from what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says when He says, "Woman ahsanu qawlan mimma mimma da'a ilallahi wa amala salihan wa qadin than anyone Muslimin." You know, it's who who is better in speech than the one who who does da'wah and uh, says, "I'm the, one of the Muslims." Yeah. So these are unclear cut issues, right? Yeah. Because you know, one of the issues with uh, Muslims Islamic discourse when people feel under attack or beleaguered, yeah, is they will mistake um, just harshness and performances of religiosity for the actual real thing, the the, the real deal, the authenticity, you know. So that kind of machismo and being harsh against the kuffar and this is, you know, black and white kind of mentality, it kind of, we're forced into that, or we're pushed in that direction when we feel 
illegal. Just like when countries attack, they're going to choose the most right-wing leader, then the, the the most strict SOB they can find. Right? Well, I mean, look, don't forget a lot of what you're so describing. We have to be in terms of yeah. just being just and yeah. kind of. Um, I don't like this word nuance, but you know what I mean, right? In terms of there's no, one thing that I yeah. know. This I'm, this this is my view. This yeah. is of these definitions. This yeah. is what this level means. But then the average public, you have to see. What is this person going to say? A lot of women, a lot of Muslims might describe themselves as feminists because their understanding of that thing, you might think their understanding is wrong. Yeah, fair enough. But their understanding, how would you say? What yeah. would you say to a Muslim feminist? Look, look into the camera and say, no, they're I, Muslim feminists. I, I don't, I don't want to address anyone <laughs> in that manner. What yeah. I will say is, look, you've said two things there. Let's deal with each one. The the prophets, alayhi salam. You know, they dealt with things properly, you know. For example, Nuh alayhi salam in the Quran. He said, uh, uh, You know, if you make fun of us, then we're going to make fun of you like you make fun of us. One day. No, this is... In the uh, no, no, no. The tafsir is not on the No, no, no. This it says, In the Quran. Then that, that's what you're talking about. May yet tikum adabu yuzihi wa yahalalum yadabun alim. This so if this is when he was building the ship and they were making fun of him, he, he said this in this world. In Tasharu. They will have the last laugh basically. No no no. No. He's saying that if you guys make fun of us, we will make fun of you like you make fun of us. That means they are trying to attack Nuh and the people, his followers. He was a small group of people and he said, if you do this, we will respond in kind. Mm -hmm. So it's not all a matter of, okay, well, this is, you know, we need to look at the nuances and no, he said, if you do it to us, we will do it to you. And then he said, and then we will see on the day of judgment who will be dealt a humiliation, punishment, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the point is, is I'm making is we need to be able to have clear parameters of what we are. As I like, as an means of identity, mm. I'm not going to. I've got two daughters. I'm not going to tell them that they can grow up uh, identifying with this movement. That's not my advice to them. My advice to them is to uh, to connect themselves with the Quran, the Sunnah, you know, the the, the many female <laughs> leaders that they've had, yani role models that they've had. Aisha radiallahu anha, yeah. Even on their world view. Aisha radiallahu anha is probably the most influential woman that ever lived. There's not one woman in Western history that comes close to the influence of Aisha. There's not one. Yeah, yeah. Who are you going to call? Mary Wollstonecraft? <laughs> Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> no, who, yani, there's not one woman that in any way can compete with the level of influence. She was the second most prolific hadith narrator. She, she was listened to by so on to the extent to which yeah. she was even leading wars and so on. Not to say that that's something we encourage, because she even regretted that. But the idea that men listen to her to that extent. So feminists disparage her? No, I'm not saying that. You need to you know, listen saying, to what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm saying that I would not tell my daughters that they need to follow. Or, you know, I would not connect them to a feminist movement, which Agreed. is filled with decadence think, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and that label. Where, where our tradition is so wide that even on their understanding, okay, even on their understanding of what creates value for a person and what means influence, 
the women that we have are way more influential than any woman they've ever produced. So why should we? We are sufficient. We do not need to look at outside ideologies. We do not need to look at uh, feminists and so on. We need to get this right, actually, because we were talking about how do we as Muslims self-empower and so on. The first thing is to know what it means to be a Muslim. And and with that, to know what it means not to be, what are things ant- antithetical to Islam? We do need we need need that. Mm. It's not always unnuanced, because sometimes a lot of us, especially after coming into academia and so on, everything is micro uh, discussions, like oh, it's about this and this nuance and that nuance. It's kind of like boring now to speak like that. That's not how the prophet spoke. The prophets came. This is haq. This is batil. You know. Clearly, yeah, yeah. When it comes to haq and batil, yeah, and, so and, and to, to play devil's advocate, it's a tautology, tautological to say or circular reasoning to say. Mm. By the way, tautology and circular uh, reasoning are two yeah. different things. Yeah. So, it's circular reasoning. I mean, to say yeah. uh, because it's uh, you know because the prophets were clear, clear and, and with haq and batil, therefore this is haq and batil, and then you know the pro- the, the 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 devil is in the no, no. But what I'm yeah. saying is, when it comes to attaching yourself of an ideology, yeah. You said this is the reason why I had this if discussion. If you agree with this, if you call it an ideology, yeah, that's easier to. Of course, it's, who doesn't call it an ideology? I yeah. think the average and uh, the political meaning of feminism is not an ideology. The political meaning who of feminism is this is what every you know, look Everyone. at at, uh, at public discourse. Look at politicians yeah. when the microphone is thrust into their face. Are you a feminist? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, it, you know, it, it, feminism is an ideology, even by the admission mm-hmm. of its main proponents. And in fact, even the dictionary definition, it's a political idea, it's even a political ideology. And and most of the definitions of feminism is like, oh, equality, which is e- economic, political and soci- social. Mm. So p- it's politics is involved, it's, it's deep into the meaning yeah. of what feminism is. But the point is, is that what I'm saying is, why do we need to, this is a false ideology, in fact. We believe it's a false, not just an ideology, but a false one that yeah. goes against Islam. So if you if someone were to ask you if you're a feminist and you say I don't know as you as you <laughs> previously said, you know that, that that's almost it's a weak stance I have to say. I say it depends what you mean as a person who's asking. Well, it's like if you would, mean the okay, ideology. Would you have would you have the yeah. same answer if someone asked you if you're a communist? Uh, no, to me, communist. This is a reflection of my own ignorance. Then, so to me, communist is clearer. As a as a tradition as ideology. Well, I, I mean, it's I, like, I mean, as some people like say, I don't you understand know. this. I, 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 you've lost me completely. <laughs> I mean, you, you let's let's be quite I'm, honest. I'm kind of fifty percent being devil's advocate here. Okay, but fifty percent I'm thinking. Okay, well, let's trying to start to no, no, own, be, believe my own hype. Playing yeah. devil's advocate yeah. a little bit can confuse the public. Yeah, especially when you sound serious. I'm saying that if you say if you're not a feminist. Like I, oh, it depends on what it is. Then this would confuse the public. If you, if you, if I were to ask you, if you're a communist, you say no, right? Okay, then you should have the same stance with feminism and well, Judaism I mean, you know, and all the other isms. Some some parts of communism are. But you are you are representative. <laughs> not card carrying communists. I don't believe you are a representative is. of what yeah. would be seen by the majority of feminists as an ultra conservative Islamic organization. Which believes in segregation, face covering, and uh, domestic. Uh, you believe women should obey men, right? Hu- uh, wives should obey husbands. Yeah, wife should be. Yeah. All right, and uh, no problem. Wife should obey husbands, and you believe that um, 
you know, uh, women should. Uh, what? what do you, what's your view? I think you have a strict view, actually, stricter than the rest of us when it comes to women. No, honestly, you have a stricter view than most of us. Women fact. and men are slaves. No, no, <laughs> slaves in different no, ways. In, 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 the, in, in the issue of women, you were talking. You even said that people in the dawah. You were saying this in the beginning of the discussion. Mm. I said men, and then you were reluctant to even put the words so women. Brothers, brothers, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And then, you, then no, then you corrected yourself and said brothers only, right? Yeah, because I don't, I don't know what the women's dower scene is like. No I problem. Don't, I don't watch like the thing is. I don't watch like no, like, no. Know, is, this YouTubers is the level. This is the level. This, <laughs> is, <laughs> this is the level of your yeah. strictness, if uh, from their perspective, right? No problem, whatever. Yeah, but someone like with those views, okay, you, you cannot. Be genuine. I don't. I don't have my hopes up of being invited to any feminist rallies anytime soon. <laughs> anyway, I mean, you see the point. You see the point I'm making. We need to be clear about things. Mm. If someone's asked you, "Are you a feminist?" You say no. Simple as that. And you need to tell your kids this as well. Mm-hmm. You need to tell your kids this as well. And I'm just telling you. I agree with labels like that. When you put it like that, I would never answer. Kind of. Yes, or anything like that. But when you're talking about feminism as a concept, as I've said to you, that's what I'm saying. Uh, look, look, yeah. you said you were ignorant on the matter. Yeah. So this is called an education. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. What more do you need? I'm telling you, it's it's unanimously known as a political ideology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a political philosophy. It is an ideology. And if you're ignorant on the matter, I'm telling you, it has things which is mm. antithetical to Islam, as a movement from the '60s till now. Okay, it's antithetical to Islam. Mm-hmm. So if you if you say it depends, what this does is it opens a door for the shaitan to come to the Muslim ummah, to your family, to your daughter. You got daughters, right? It opens a door for these Muslim. Got one daughter. One daughter. That's enough. If you say if you're if you're weak on this, and you are, you're weak on this. <laughs> no, you are. I'm, I'm being serious. If you say I don't know, I don't know if I'm a feminist or not. That. I wouldn't say it like that. No, listen, I said, listen to me. Listen to me. I said, depends what you someone no, means. No problem. If you yeah. speak in that manner, yeah, yeah. and then you're, you, and then this spills over to your daughter, then you're opening the door of shaitan for her. Because not then, really, because yes, yes, because then, 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 when she hears feminists, she will not have the same reaction. Then my think, daughter will. I think if being she was someone ultra, if someone's conditioned to be ultra, kind of negative reaction. Also, automatically, then I think there's a bigger chance that they're gonna look be maybe um, uh, kind of sympathetic to those movements you're wrong, because they you're feel. Wrong. And do you know why you know, you're wrong on this issue? Why? If you look at the data from the 1960s to now, 1960s, 70s, um, the census data in this country shows that there has been a rapid irreligious movement towards agnosticism. It's called they're called the religious nuns. We've written a small piece on this. Say that again. A, ra- a rapid movement towards agnosticism, irreligious behavior. Yeah. Okay. And if you look at, for example, the paper that I've written called "The Scientific Deceptions of the New Atheists," which is for the Sapiens Institute. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the reason why people were leaving Christianity in droves, and the main reason that sociologists give is primary socialization from parents. Yeah. And the main thing that changed in the 60s and 70s is that parents were telling their children, basically, you can do whatever you want. Yeah? Or you can think of it in whatever way you like. Tolerance is good within the paradigm of Islam. And that's what we believe in. Mm-hmm. But when you go overboard, as you, as you are going, 
<laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm advising you publicly, no problem. <laughs> As you go overboard and you don't even want to admit that feminism is something antithetical to Islam and therefore I'm not feminist. I'm saying it, wait, if someone means that, then I'm uh, wait, wait, uh, against it, that. Yeah, good. But if you go overboard in the way you're doing, mm. what you're doing is you are basically you are repeating the mistakes of those who came before you, which led to the to the ridda of all these Christian people. To, do you know what I mean? To the apostasy mm. of all these Christian people, and to the irreligiosity and the liberal uh, movement. Again, it's a secular argument, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. There's saying, nothing, there's I nothing completely secular. agree with you yeah. when what you mean what you mean by feminism, for example. Yeah, anything antithetical to Islam. Okay. Strict about okay. Okay. Yeah. Look, look. You're you don't have the it. same attitude with communism. I don't understand why. There are aspects of communism which we agree with. Yeah. yeah. Are you a capitalist? The thing is, look, these things they mean are something you a, in a. Are you a Jew? No. <laughs> okay, we we have to take this seriously. I'm yeah. not a Jew. No. Okay. Are you a Christian? No. Okay, are I mean, you are you a communist? I mean, in the Dawah setting, I may say I'm a follower of Christ, more Christian than okay, you. Okay, but let's like, I'm asking you know, you are the calamity. my point is, no, no, there's a you, there's a time and a place. Are you a communist? Are you a communist? I would say no. Okay, are you a feminist? I would say no, based on. Let's just leave it as that because that's important. Okay, just keep yeah. it straightforward. Yeah. Don't confuse people. I agree that look. Yeah? The thing is, certainty is like a drug, right? We need to give people certainty in in the main certain issues, right? But then when this we, is one of the main when, ones. Yeah, when we even it could be just in an, in the optics of, of how we in the mm. PR of how we come across the certain things. When we come across as overly kind of um, maybe shadid or uncompromising, doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter how we come across this. Areas Look. that there may be a, a shubha for people, yeah, yeah. then I think it's better to err on the safe uh, side of caution and say, look, feminism can mean two things. For example, there's no harm. There's no. There's no harm. There's the academic here. meaning of feminism, which academics agree no, 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 on, no, 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 and then there's the public political meaning no, of feminism. No, no, no. You're, you're making a false distinction. Yeah. You're, you're making a false dichotomy. It's a false dichotomy. The, 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 it's a totally false dichotomy because feminism is a movement as well as being an ideology. But the, yeah, the, yeah. the movement is powered movement by the ideology. ideology. Yeah, it's there's powered all of that. by the ideology. It's and then there's the what ideology. the average layperson, you know, may understand. And there's many okay, brothers what, what and sisters you, who might may okay. say, yeah, yeah. you've come across them, I'm sure. Yes, but the, all the average laypeople that I've spoken to, yeah. I have the same understanding that men and women should be treated equally, which discounts the idea that men should be doing certain things that women shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. That completely, mm-hmm. practically, a hundred percent of all feminists I've ever met in my entire life believe a woman should not obey a man in her in house. I've never met mm-hmm. a feminist in my life that calls her worth her salt, who said that uh, not worth her salt, but anyone. Any, I've well, never I completely met, agree with I've you when it comes to academics and no, intellectuals. No, no, no. In the sh- on the street, movement. pick any woman yeah. you like that calls herself a feminist. White woman, brown woman, black woman, mm. who says, "Yeah, the wife should obey." The woman should obey the man in the house. You will not find such yeah. a thing. It's impossible. There you go. And if Mashallah. you do, and if you do if find, you do it, exist like that. No, if you do, it's a minority. And what I'm saying yeah. is, by saying to your daughter and yeah. to the daughters of millions of other Muslims, the matter is nuanced. Then you're opening the door for the devil and the community to push women in the direction of that 
particular corrosive ideology. Maybe, maybe yeah. No, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just like, for example, if you go, if you say the same thing about capitalism or communism or any other ideology, we say that we have there are aspects of capitalism which we agree with, namely the free market system, aspects oh. of it which we don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, no, just for example, right? But so, we you need Would you to say the same thing about feminism then. Yes, I said this. And you, you're, you're, you're leading the door, leaving the door open for no, the I'm, because I'm not saying I am a feminist. I, I'm not. If someone no one asks, else, I'm not saying either. Well, you're saying I don't know. You're saying, no, I, I'm it, saying depends it depends on how depends you, what ask, you mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying any of that. Yeah. I'm saying no. I'm negating. Like when you say la ilaha, before you say illallah. Mm. Yeah. So you say la ilaha first because you want to make sure that you. Don't, I don't worship the sanam of a nisawi of feminism. If you by saying I don't know, so if I ask you if you worship Zeus, <laughs> no, honestly, it's like you know, today that no, today the idols are not plastic or or they're not clay. They're not clay idols. Today the, the idols are ideological. That's a good uh, maybe a good future topic to yeah. talk about. What are the idols of today? Mashallah. Feminism is one of them, and Feminism, that's why you need to make sure that you white you know. supremacy, yeah. communism, capitalism, okay. yeah, all of them, free market, free yeah. market, no, free market. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that bombshell, we've yeah. got a little thing to wind down with, like I mentioned before. Okay. Just quickly, very quickly, yeah. we're doing our Muslimic countdown now. Okay, so this is how it works. We're going to have to do one numbers round and one um, letters round. What does that mean? You're going to choose nine letters. You say consonant, vowel, consonant, vowel, however many consonants and vowels you desire. Uh, our lovely assistant oh, will uh, give uh, one by one, and you have thirty seconds to make as long a word as you can. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty. Uh, pretty clear. Okay. So you just say start when you're ready. Okay. Start when you're ready. You ask, can I have a consonant? Can I have a vowel? Whatever. Consonant. First consonant, consonant is B. Consonant. A another consonant. Mahmoud, are you doing the timer? Yeah. Yeah. Consonant. Okay. Another consonant. You have B F. H consonant. Another consonant, consonant. feeling uh, feeling uh, vowel. R B F H T R vowel is consonant. E vowel vowel T and vowel vowel. Now when you get the last one the timer will start. E T I E thirty seconds, brother. Nine seconds left. Nine seconds. Five, ten, nine, eight, seven. Oh, and pencils down. Did you get anything? Yep. Yeah. How many get? did you get? Got none. You're going and you did got a zero. Yeah, got <laughs> Are you joking? You could oh just get along. You're gonna go up on the leadership board, leaderboard. You might actually come underneath Kashif now. I've got nothing, man. You got a zero. I got a five letter word. Not my best work. It's a uh, three. Or thief. I think I'm quite good at this. I've, I've uh, like I used to do this, uh, or heftier, could have been a seven letter word. Oh, wow. 
uh, I, I did this, started doing this on my, my Facebook page, a different Muslim organization. I think Sapiens uh, joined as well. Is it? It's called Muslimic Countdown. When the lockdown started, just to stop people kind of killing each other. I was getting, trying to get, I'm trying getting to get each other's nerves. But then I just forget. Yeah. I thought you had to make a big one. You don't have to. I mean, the bigger you get, the better. Okay. Uh, all right. Number game is this. You choose letters. You say one from the top, whatever from the middle or from the bottom. They're big, small, and medium numbers. Uh, you choose six numbers, and then the top number over there is your target. You have to use the numbers in blue with basic operations, plus, minus, the divided by, multiplied by, in order to get the top number. Fahim? Sorry, I don't understand anything. Yeah, so within 30 seconds, let's give him 60 seconds. Within 30 seconds, you have to use the numbers that show up in blue to that's calculate, that's to get the number in the black Can box. Can we do this later? <laughs> Could do. I really need to go to the toilet. I'm a bit hungry as well. Let's do. Let's quickly do it. What are we doing? What, what, yeah. Just thirty seconds. What's the, what's the thing? The worst excuse I've come across. Yeah, I'm hungry, so I can't win. No, what is it? What, what is what we doing? So choose. I'll choose for you. Get. Give me two from the top, two from the middle, two from the bottom. What are we doing with this? Yeah. Stop by. Just give one from the bottom for now. So look. Write down those numbers. Hundred, twenty-five. Okay. Five, seven. Yeah. What's the bottom one? One, and now one six. I use these letters. Letters. You use numbers like multiplied plus whatever divided by in order to get the top number, the target number, which is okay. What's the target number? Yeah, six hundred and seventy-six. You understand? No, I don't understand. What do I do? Like so you have times to six, for example. Yeah, exactly, seven, exactly, exactly. You can only use each number once. You have thirty seconds. Okay. Put on a thirty-second timer. Oh, it's the first time I got it. Ten seconds left. And time's up. Okay, mashallah. What you got? I got 100 times 6 plus 7 times 6. Which is not... <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't what what to total did you get? I, I don't know. What's 7 times 6, Max? 100 times 6 is 600, yeah? Seven times six is like forty-two or something. Isn't it? So you oh got. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what's game. So you got six hundred and forty-two. Something like that. Well, the closer you get, the closer you get, the 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 more points you get. So oh, there, there you go. I got six hundred and seventy-six. Number one, number one. So I didn't realize. I got six hundred and seventy-six. So you don't trust me. No. I got seven hundred seven times hundred, which is seven hundred. Quick maths. Uh, minus twenty-five. Six two six seven five plus one six two uh six hundred seventy six. Thank you so much, man. I know you're knackered. I'm knackered as well. I'm doing the marathon one. And Zakhmar for you at home watching. If you like this podcast, do like and share. If you want to get involved in the comments, let me know what you think in below. Agree, disagree, and yeah, that's it from myself, Zakhmar Khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.